This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. and welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Ayashimon, Sakamoto Days, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece week to week. And we're back for issue number 25. I'm your host, Knox. No mellow this episode. He's tied up at a convention this weekend. But I'm joined by my good buddies, Axel and Yato. You might remember them from previous episodes that we've done across all the content that Project Manga does. I'll make sure that we get their uh, links for Twitter and Twitch and and YouTube and whatnot down in the description for you so you can follow them and see what they got going on. And while you're down there, make sure you check out all of our links. You're going to have links to follow us on Twitter and all of our other individual social media accounts. You're going to be able to join our online communities like Discord. The Discord link's down there too. Follow us on Twitch. Listen to Project Manga wherever you normally get your podcasts at Apple, Spotify, what have you. And there's also going to be a link to support what we do directly by checking out our Patreon. But... Oh yeah, and while you're down there, there's going to be timestamps so that you can skip spoilers for the series that you're not yet caught up in. And also, while you're down there, slap a like on the video and make sure you subscribe if you're new because we upload weekly and we're constantly talking about your favorite manga. But, getting in to the discussion tonight, Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 25. No One Piece this week and not a whole lot of crazy happenings inside of the rest of the series that we have here. So we'll see what kind of an episode we have tonight. But starting with Ayashimon. Chapter 24, I Can't Do It Alone. Gentlemen, how do we feel? Go ahead, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, when I, when I first started reading the chapter, I mm -hmm. honestly was just like, oh, like, uh, are we... Is, is this, like, an actual fourth wall yeah. break that's yeah. going on? Like, is this, like, is this, like almost out of like the like the pages of elusive samurai we're like oh we have like an explanation yes. as to like how this is relevant kind of thing this is an explanation and, and then we find out no that's not the case yeah. uh as soon as we hit uh page, page four. four yeah um so it's just like oh yeah well then. Yeah, it felt like it was doing like a fourth wall breaky like meta commentary or something like that. And then like I like I remember I was on page one and I was like, okay, we're at manga studio. Boom, 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 boom. What's he working on? And then I saw that page where he gets hit with the tongue, uh, yokai mm -hmm. or whatever in like chapter one. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, I know what this is. This is yeah. this is literally the Ayashimon mm -hmm. manga, and we're talking about nibs and 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 pencil pressure and all of this stuff. He's like, hey, this kind of looks like you. And it's just Maruo. And I'm like, oh my god, is this like really Maruo's <laughs> like is this was this like his ambition or like his dream or goal at some point in his life? Because obviously we know that his motivation in the story is that he wants to be a manga protagonist himself. So we know that. But is this also letting us know that before he or at some point in time in his childhood, he also just wanted to be a manga creator? Like if I can't have superpowers and be a Goku or a Kenshiro, I can at least create the comic books myself 
maybe yeah, kind of situation. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, you know, when, yeah. when we first get introduced to Mario, he's like, he's like going through the flashbacks and talking about how he, he tried all these other jobs. He tried to work at a bakery. He tried to, you know, be a, I was gonna say a taxi driver. He tried. He tried to do a lot of stuff, and they were. He was like getting fired, and they were like, "Get the hell out of here! You're breaking everything." And like, I'm yeah. thinking maybe at some point, maybe back in the day, he might have wanted to be a, a manga artist, and and it just didn't play out that way. And he's having these flashbacks as he's like on the brink of death, mm. and it's like this is what my life could have been if like I would have like didn't have hands. Yeah, yeah if his hands <laughs> were made of like absolute destruction ah, yeah <laughs> he could have he could have been something for his hands yeah, yeah. Which, i also which makes me like wonder real quick i just wanted to say like man if this is really like his headspace of like you know flashing back to him having ambitions of being a manga creator i'm surprised that we didn't get a scene of him like breaking the fucking pencil with his grip strength or some shit like <laughs> well, i think i think it's like his ideal vision oh, of like sure. you know if yeah. if i never would have become a samurai i would have been a you know a, yeah. a fucking flower painter or what you know whatever yeah but um <laughs> i also got painter. big vision big like rem- uh it made me remember red hood i feel like axel probably had the same thoughts oh. you know reading red hood towards the end of its story you remember you you caught up on red hood you, commentary. Yeah. yeah red hood uh i don't think you read it Knox, I did but not near the it. end yeah. the last like three or four chapters felt a lot like this but like more aggressive or bitter yeah, i was just like oh oh you guys don't like my manga well i'm just <laughs> going to make this as meta as hell just yeah. Yeah. like your opinion doesn't matter i blah, do blah, remember yeah. i do remember a panel that someone shared um when red hood was ending that it was literally just the panel of like a line of dialogue that was saying something along the lines of what Axel was just kind of mocking mm-hmm. in regard mm-hmm. to like, oh, you don't like my story? Where here, here's why everything that I was doing matters and why y'all didn't get it <laughs> or something like yeah. that. And it's yeah. like just bitterness like on the page that their book is being there canceled. Was- <laughs> there, there was like literally a line about like the story's survival depends on the reader, and it, it, it was like, I mean, I liked it. I still, I liked Red Hood. And I liked the way it, it was it going. Made and sense. I, yeah, yeah, it made sense, like for a story, but like it, de- a lot of people were saying that like it's definitely a, a more salty mm. thing. Like you know, like instead of taking accountability and blaming himself for the writing, people were like he's trying to brush it off and make it seem like it's the reader's faults because the story is like. Red Hood was like a, a storybook type of story. And it was yeah. like, these stories don't survive without the readers. And then it kind of ends with like a book that you never get to see the ending to. Mm. Which, honestly speaking, like this, that ending probably was going to be incorporated into a much bigger story arc had the series actually survived for a longer mm-hmm. period of time. But I think he wanted to, uh, similar to how like, with Samurai 8, they were like, all right, got to cram all this stuff into the last chapter because just got to get it over with. Yeah, I, I think it was just one of those things where it's just like, all right, well, if this is going to end anyway, I might as well like put in what how I wanted to end this story. And right. then, like it, it, it's funny, like how we keep getting this kind of meta commentary in manga like that, because it happened in Fire Force, too. Um, yeah with tamaki um like like there was like this specifically like this fourth wall breaking 
uh, super meta thing of and, and spoilers for I guess for the people that haven't read Fire Force, right. I guess. But like, <laughs> it, like there's literally all these like, and it it was in real life too. You had all these people are like, oh, her character is like just fan service and blah blah blah. She's not she's not all that. And like you literally had like this this lady who was like this actual like representation of that happening, and like her son was given a name, and it's just like mother. I have a name. Therefore, I have a self-conscience. You don't even have a name. Your opinion doesn't matter. And she literally vanishes from existence. Yo, is that that like, one crazy panel I saw where it's literally just like a photograph of a woman? No, no, oh, no. That is okay. from the same. Like, it's from the yeah. same manga, right? And yeah. that's from like uh, earlier than that. Like, yeah. which I fire force did some like really crazy experimental really things trippy. and like yeah. that that whole thing was so trippy but like so i loved it it was so weird <laughs> like but like the way that it played into it and like if you read through it all like like it, it makes more sense sure. like as to like why it was used but like yeah it, it's so interesting to me like when all of these manga creators make this like uh like fourth wall breaking commentary like that's super meta just because yeah. like you know a lot like especially because we have everything. the internet yeah we've been seeing it in so much like well i feel like we just got like a metatextual to some degree some kind of meta commentary mm. in um jujutsu kaisen when it came to the charles character exactly and, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 oh too. my god I, yeah, yeah i've got that written uh, down too maybe think of charles god. but like the the worry with the the red hood thing was like when i first read it like the first couple of pages when they're like in this guy's room and he's like creating a manga he's like i feel like what's happening is it, it felt like kakuyuji was was kind of showing you know explaining himself to the readers because i'm in i'm in a lot of servers we're all in a lot of discord servers and, and twitters and stuff and i mean there's people like us who like, like ayashimon but there's also a lot of people who are very vocal and very loud about their their dislike for it and they say maruo's boring uh maruo all he does is punch Mauro mm -hmm. this and that he you know so far he's, he's done just nothing but punch. die <laughs> yeah and then like i felt like if it felt to me like for a second i, I kind of you know chilled out a little later towards the end of the chapter but in the beginning i was like is kaku usually kind of like saying hey like it's okay even though the character is kind of bland he he reminds me of myself and like just in case you think he's just gonna win everything by punching he actually dies at the end yeah. so like it, it ain't what you think like just just Give it a chance because he dies at the end in a blaze of glory, like your favorite favorite shonen characters do. So it's not really what you think. As but he like, just, you, as he just casually chance. spoils. Yeah. I mean, like as he casually spoils JoJo Part One, uh, Ashida no Joe, which I didn't yeah. realize that happens. But you know, yeah. whatever. whatever. I haven't read no it. Joe that's my own like fault. Fifty years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is super old at this point too. Like if yeah. you haven't absorbed that Jonathan dies from osmosis at this point, that's on you. Like <laughs> yeah, Ashida no Joe, it's a little bit more of a deep cut. So like I understand that yeah. and then like uh, spoiling his own previous manga too it's just like well I, yeah. yeah it didn't happen the last time but this time yeah yeah, yeah, like, oh, if you, wow. yeah like if you didn't read hell's paradise and you were you know interested like say this whether this goes on to become successful or it does get axed but you you still like it and you you're like let me see what else cocker usually done you go and read hell's paradise you know from this chapter that gabibaru doesn't die yeah, I didn't even yep. like put that together in that line of dialogue on the bottom of page three where it says I wasn't able to let the protagonist of my previous yep. title die, but this time because yeah. it's like maybe I would have, but when it turned when you turn the page and see that it's Maruo, 
I just like didn't like connect the dot that Maruo mm. is Kaku Yuji in this situation. I just went right back into we're in the world of Ayashimon and just didn't connect that dot. But that's mm. so cool that he like even though it's a spoiler for the people who haven't read Hell's Paradise and maybe hopefully Kaku Yuji was going if they haven't read it they have no way of, t of knowing that I'm talking about Jigo Karaku Hell's Paradise. Yeah. Maybe it was something like that. But like, yeah, no, that's definitely him talking about Gabi Mario, and that's so yeah, cool. It to is. Me. It, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't like I haven't finished Hell's Paradise myself. I do mm. own all thirteen volumes at this point. Okay, very proud of that. Nice. Um, but um, to me, that doesn't affect. Honestly speaking, it would affect my reading more if he had died, and I found mm. out that way. Right. So right. like him finding out that he's alive, like honestly, makes me want to read it more because I do like happy endings and yeah. like from what i read of hell's paradise i read like 35 chapters before mm. things happened yeah um, that's like, right, that's like, right like, as they're getting into town and shit wow yes like yeah. that was um i was just like oh man he has been through so much like i want him to have a happy ending especially with how much death is in the series yeah like, and it just felt like um you know that it was one of those series where the main character was going to die at the end like hell's paradise yeah. like from chapter one and it's of... it's a jump plus series so yeah, like there is yeah. that liberty when you right. have a like a shonen magazine series it is a it's a lot harder to kill off your main character honestly right. because of the attachment that people have right not that right. people haven't done it but then for some of them they've backtracked it like yeah. they have done in several series like, wait, 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 i was just kidding i was just kidding sorry sorry yeah. like oh they didn't like that he's actually goku's back yeah. goku's back. back i promise goku's back <laughs> for like the seventh time yeah. goku is back yeah it's, it's okay like when you jump plus and like you know a hundred thousand people see the series and then like you know your main character dies it's like oh man that sucks but that was epic wasn't it but when you got 500 million people that have eyes yeah. on your series and you kill a character it's like you're going to get like such a big chunk of those people being upset about that that i could totally see there being editorial pressure to revive the character yeah. or even just like creator mangaka author pressure to bring the character back because but you I... see your audience reaction to that and you want to ease that for them because you are attached I... to your audience just like they're attached to your book yeah I've got like real IRL friends who like I know and they've told me to my face that they have stopped reading something because of like the fate of a character like the fate of Itachi. Mm -hmm. I have a friend. I have like two friends who completely dropped that series because of what happened. Oh, I got people yeah, that like, dropped I, One Piece because of Ace too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's definitely that's like, a thing. Which people get I, attached. With you bringing that up, I obviously we're not covering it this week because it's on right. break. But like right, it right. honestly makes me wonder like how are people going to react if luffy lives or luffy dies at the yeah, end at the end and yeah. like it's it's there's the gravitas of that right. like yeah because i mean like any any given controversial thing honestly in one piece at this point is right. enough to completely set off the fandom let alone so the ending just like, right especially when I, you have an ending that hinges like on like yeah. it's, it's one major thing that yeah. people have been waiting for since the beginning of the series yeah. and it's like yeah. a 30 year series so it's like you're it's going to be polarizing no matter what decision you make it could be the best fucking ending mm -hmm. of a story ever written but people's head cannons are so you know 
thoroughly ingrained and into ingrained, their enjoyment yeah exactly <laughs> ingrained into their enjoyment you said it very if it well, wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for like the 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 social conversations and the groups that people are in for one piece and stuff like that i would say that it's, it's usually probably i feel like it should be safer to have a character like luffy die at the end because at that point like you've already read all three thousand chapters where you go do stop read it like yeah. the story's over <laughs> yeah. but like somebody who's like 200 chapters episodes into one piece right now you you know you're gonna hear about luffy dying through the grapevine if he dies yeah. you know well you, you you don't even well, have it's to... gonna be it's gonna be on the internet by wednesday yeah exactly yeah. it's gonna be People on cnn it, it's yeah i was literally news. just gonna say that's just gonna be on cnn the cover of fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> or uh, what is it oh uh, my god New York i Times? am not yeah. i am not looking forward to that because you know like you you can't be on the internet for yeah. that entire yeah. week yeah. like it's hey, gonna be over hey anybody who cares about the ending of one piece not being spoiled for them should probably chill off the internet for like the last everything like, for like three months you know what i mean yeah. because it's like you're not My mom's going to gonna want... call me yeah <laughs> you're not gonna, <laughs> gonna you're Mato, not... did you hear that <laughs> Like bro, what? <laughs> I remember, I remember you were into those Pokemans and and you yeah, exactly. back in the day. He's one of them. He just died. How do you feel? You heard about it? I'm yeah. like, bro, what? Nah, but... you're not gonna be safe. Yeah, because it's like you're not gonna want any of those like final arc chapters spoiled for you. You know what I mean? No. And there's gonna be leaks like every fucking Wednesday for the last bad. arc of the fucking story. So you might as well just stay off that shit for like three months yep. leading into the end of One Piece. But getting back yeah. into Hayashi mode, yeah, 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 first series of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're back on Hayashi mode, and he comes out of this like you know dream space. And he's fucking bleeding this black goo from every orifice in this splash page on six, which is which was just like I was like, this is Kakuyuji as shit. The page turned into some like really unsettling, disturbing imagery. Been a minute since we got that in in Ayashi mode, mm -hmm. I want to say. And Very. it just slapped so hard on page six because I was like, oh man, Maruo. As as much as he's like built up as this like punch machine, like Mashal or Saitama type character. It's only fucking 24 chapters in, and, like, the motherfucker be taking hella L's, bro. And I, like, appreciate yeah. that about a story he, like Ayashimo. He is good when it comes to the meathead stuff, but it's very problematic when anyone is coming at him with something that is more technique-based or abstract. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really unfortunate, because, like, <laughs> that's really who he's been having to face, and that's why he had to even do the training that he did yeah. in order to have a handle on the abstract in order to even like have a chance exactly against people with those kinds of techniques so yeah uh it's it, it's great to see him you know doing this mm -hmm. um i do have my i do more have more thoughts on it for the end of the discussion oh but sure like, before we get um, there the, the the black water that extinguishes yes. only the light of life i remember me and mellow last episode we're talking about like what this black water could be and we like mm -hmm. went out in a 360 degrees i want to say with ideas but as to like mellow yeah right <laughs> really really bulging information yeah. right <laughs> yeah like i feel like we covered like every you know we followed every logical line as far as like what the black water could mean just based on the history of dopo's um technique mm -hmm. that's been explained to us so far in the story and, it, and we eventually did come back to you know something that extinguishes like I, I don't remember what we said last week but it was something along the lines of well if his fire is really just the absence of heat or stealing heat from things with 
you know, a fire aesthetic, then it yeah. could, you know, come back to just being the extingu uh, extinguishment of just concepts in general. And at a base level, it only extinguishes heat, but then mask on, final form, maximum output version of this is the extinguishment of, you know, just anything and everything, including light and life and stuff like that. So we were pretty spot on eventually in our conversation while we were trying to cover as many <laughs> you know logical points as possible in the explanation so i'm at least happy about that but i was not expecting him to want to yank tamagawa back out of this situation yeah that was that, like something i like wasn't even that, close to expecting that made me think of like mahito like attacking the soul type shit like he's like yeah. going beyond the physical and, and and yanking his spirit out of this like husking body of dopo akari and it's yeah. it's like really crazy and uh, you guys talked about it in the last review it just the the fact that we are seeing a shapeshift ability and turning into like a big bad guy's final form and using his ultimate attack is like never seen that before where like you were using this guy's final you know this is yeah i'm gonna transform into goku and use spirit bomb before he even thinks about using spirit bomb or some shit it's yeah. like yeah i can't believe this is happening it kind of makes me think that we might not even either i feel like one of two things that happen like the real dopo will show up and be like you know you ain't shit this is like baby version you know yeah. you, you baby or like your baby timing right now or, or like we might not even get to see dopo ever do it because of some other circumstance like maybe mm. he gets fucking hit by a car or something 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 <laughs> might happen I just, tokyo I just revengers type what, beat. Are, what are you yeah. like, he's gonna get tokyo <laughs> yeah he's gonna be he's gonna get east guy it's another story i just he's i just can't get see Kisaki Tetsun. <laughs> i can't i can't see kakuyuji doing this again like yeah yeah, that's right. wild. Yeah, yeah. And we were, I think we it's, were talking about it too, about how like rare or just unseen before it was that we got the final form of a villain from another character and not the actual character itself. When have we ever seen that? Like, right. Never. Honestly yeah. speaking, like it's it's very possible that what we're seeing is a like a previous version of what his, you know, final form used to be. But like just given the power and influence that he now has, like where has he evolved because you, yeah. you are right like if 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 what we're experiencing now is just going to be the same thing like like what what is the build-up from here like right. wh where do we go from here that hasn't already been like achieved yeah and you the way that you kind of just said it axel is like really interesting because it's like one we know that like this Tamagawa guy is like really big on Intel and reconnaissance and whatnot. Like that's just what yep. you're allowed to specialize in when your fucking primary trait is shape-shifting, you know, subterfuge, mm -hmm. stealth, guile, like all that stuff for information gathering is probably focused through the Corey Hotels group. So like, since all of that stuff is based on information and Intel gathering, I could see the explanation for this situation even being something along the lines of, this is what we heard that Dopo Akari is capable of doing. So like, that is, in this area of the power system, it's like, how does this information get translated into the actual effect that Tamagawa is using? Like, is there yeah. some kind of, is there some kind of, like, ephemeral, like, metaphysical codex that just has all of the abilities of everybody in the fucking universe memorized to where if this Tanuki guy sees the character, it gets, like, imprinted in his psyche in a way that allows him to understand the full potential of any character's fighting style and then recreate that in his shape-shifting ability? Or is it a situation where it's based on the amount of information you have 
on a certain character at the time. So maybe at the time that Tamagawa learned of Dopo Akari's abilities and techniques, this was the upper limit of them. Yeah. And now well, Dopo Akari has grown since then and has a new array of techniques at his disposal, or maybe even an And I just had a theory. One. Yeah. I just had a theory come to me that I, this is the first time I've even thought of it. Yeah. Is it possible for them, like, even after they die, is it for possible for them to leave behind their masks? And if that is the case, did Dopo somehow manage to acquire the mask of the former boss mm. and is going to be using that Ooh. in order to fight uh, wow. Maro and uh, Big Sis? That would be something. Instead of showing us Dopo's mask, he's like, you you guys didn't expect to ever see this. And and, and that plays on to, uh, I forget the chick's name, uh, Urara. It'd be like, yo, yeah. you never thought you'd see this shit again. And yeah. he pulls out her fucking dad's mask. Yeah. That'd be nuts. That yeah. would be that would yeah. be something. But now you're making me think even that. more again about how like these guys reincarnate every hundred years. So if that's mm -hmm. the case, then it makes even more sense that the you know upper limit in maximum potential of everyone's techniques are kind of understood and recorded over time just because mm -hmm. these guys live multiple lives every hundred years or so they come back so if it's an information related organization like Hori hotels i can definitely see them having a database of like all of the prominent yokai throughout history and what they've been yeah. capable of inside of each of their lives and whatnot so i think I think it would be really fitting, though, if that this is uh, either what Axel was saying or this is a case where Tamagawa's version of Dopo right now is just the last time he saw Dopo use his mask, you know, maybe three or four years ago. And this was his his level and Dopo's maybe trained or, you know, gotten some sort of item or amulet to make it so that he can, like, you know, keep his, his sanity and keep pushing further beyond, like, you know, like our boys over in Black Clover. But, um, <laughs> but something, you know, it, it, I think it would be fitting if like Tamagawa being the information guy, he his whole plan falls apart because of his lack of information on how Dopo has taken the ability to the next level, right. and and he doesn't have that information. So he either he does know that you know transforming. Well, he does know because the thing is transforming and staying in that form for too long. I guess he, no matter what he you transform accepted, into, he accepted yeah. that fate, and he was just yeah. like, "Well, screw it! Like, uh, in order to win, I'm willing to sacrifice myself in the process." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason we were having, I, I, I had forgot why we were even talking about it. it was because of the fact that he's using Dopo's final form in this fight before Dopo, and so yeah, he he may have just not seen Dopo do it. Yeah, uh, he, it, may, he may. He, this is the last time he saw Dopo. It was this, and Dopo could be three stages beyond this now. Right, exactly. Right. And it makes me like ask the question of like, just because we just came out of a of a of a of a thought that these the Cory Hotels could potentially just have information on the history of yokai throughout the course of their multiple lives that they have since they reincarnate every so often. It makes me wonder, like, okay, so if he goes into this form. And says there's no coming back from it after you've like given your psyche up to the transformation. It's like Maruo seems to have, you know, a very clear idea of what he wants to do to reverse the situation. And mm -hmm. it makes sense that like the yokai 
even as even as even an organization like Corey Hotels that's known for information gathering and just being in the know on how certain things work, you want to assume that that extends into the power system as much as it extends into anywhere else as far as information gathering goes. So it's like, why don't they know of a way to reverse the situation or yeah. mention a way to reverse the situation if there is a way? And there probably isn't a way for Yokai to do it. But Maruo is like a Marabito, or at the very least is using a different power system than the rest of the Yokai. So it makes sense, one, that he would be able to have an idea like this to remove, you know, the true Tamagawa from the Dopo clone situation in a way that is going to be wildly new and, and, and fresh for everyone else involved. But also that could be a reason why he was even able to come back from this Blackwater situation in the first place. Because yeah. if, a, if a yokai gets hit with this Blackwater situation, they probably don't have anything inside of their power system that can reverse it or bring them back or heal them or whatever. Or a normal human. Yeah, or even a normal human. But Maruo is accessing the Prana power system. So he's got his Suxma Sarira, you know, all like in balance or whatever. And that probably is you know, a part of the explanation as to why he was even able to come back out of this dream sequence in the manga creation studio to then wake up from the Blackwater. Seemingly, I don't want to say unharmed, but like he just seems a little bit um, more able-bodied than you'd think somebody who just came back from death would be. From yeah. life-sucking black water enveloping yeah. your entire being. Yeah, like, that, that was that like some made in a bitch shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, dude. He's like, the explanation on this, like, is wild. Like, they call this black water that extinguishes only the light of life. The stuff doesn't affect anything else at all, just living things. So since there's literal conditions and caveats tied to it, you would think that this is, like, one of the most overpowered abilities in the entire series. It doesn't care about anything else. It just finds life and extinguishes it. But then this motherfucker just sits up right after that, and it's like, okay? Like, what triggered that? What allowed that? It can't just be a, I'm in my headspace and don't want to die, so I'm not going to, because that would yeah. be too hand-wavy too awkward yeah, it's not a second win yeah and too campy yeah there's got to be something tied to the power system that maruo is directly using in contrast to the yokai yojutsu power system that allows this to happen and I just, the, I, oh, sorry i was gonna say just random tangent it just kind of reminds me of amaterasu from naruto mm. i was just like oh this is the black flame that burns everything until it nothing exists and it's just like yeah and then it just it just kind of gets waved off multiple times every yeah. times that use it's just like okay yeah. we ever gonna uh, see someone actually get burnt to a crisp yeah right it's <laughs> just like okay yeah cool mm. yeah it's good to know that like, that's scary i guess but <laughs> i feel like when reading black liquid is cool yeah. it, but it didn't work yeah mm. yeah I feel like when reading a chapter like this, just in a bubble without thinking of other, you know, other media, other manga and stuff like that, it's easy to forget stuff like the fact that this guy made, he had the whole power system of Tao in his last book. And that shit was very complex. It had millions of branches that went yeah. in every direction. So like, if you forget about stuff like that, it's easy to, easy to be like, well, what the fuck? Maru just got up. The, the main character just wills himself back up after, yeah. you know, vomiting out of his eyeballs. But no, like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's probably going to be some sort of explanation for this. Right. And it'll probably be because he's not fully human. Yeah. And also the training that he's been going through. And, like, a lot of stuff is going to happen. The, the, these yokai guys have probably never met anyone like him. So they're not considering the fact that he has this special training that can yank tamagawa out because they've never seen it before right. otherwise you know they probably would go for themselves but they yeah. they have they have no need to do this training because they have their yokai jutsu yeah it feels like the mm -hmm. the Corey hotels you know is in a situation where it's like he is in a he's past the point of no return 
like according to our understanding of this power system once you enter this state there's no going back so like it only makes sense that he would be able to just have an off the top of the head idea that we know is eventually going to be successful probably and have it be that effective without Corey hotels knowing of that possibility the only reason why is because it's accessing a completely different power system and yokai do not have an answer for this but marubito or people that use prana do have an answer for this so yeah so that's cool, but it also makes me worried about like this last splash page on 19 with the whole team getting ready and it's all hype and they're about to go, you know, attack him together or whatever. But it's like Maruo is the only one that uses Prana on this page. So like how many people are going to get hit with this black water? You know what I mean? And well, not have it, a way to It can to only be used once. Oh, yeah, that's right. Win. Oh, you're yeah. totally so right. They're, yeah. So they're and safe. again, that's yeah, kind of totally why I right. even related it to Amaterasu because it's just like yeah. this is a technique that can be only be used like such and such amount of times, <laughs> and yeah. your eyeballs will bleed. And it's just like, yeah, it, like with this, it's like he used the ultimate technique that can only be used once, even yeah. if it's the actual dopo. And it's just right. like, and this is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> one chapter. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. He's awake after one chapter. Yeah. 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 I think I think all these guys are just going to kind of throw themselves at Tamagawa and kind of hold him down, you know, like yep. yeah. 30 on one and yeah. pin him down while like, Mauro tries to reach Loads in there and pull him out. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, gets his shit all in order. Yeah. And then fucking yanks his shit out. Yeah. A lot of these guys are going to get turned into fucking Sonic rings, though. Like some have already been, some people yeah. have already been cashed. Yeah. So. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Waku. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm recipes a lot of these fellas but yeah. uh, what, uh, uh the last thing that i really have is um that felt like kind of weird to me is that maro gets hit with this um you know black water attack last chapter and we know that from the previous chapters they have this telepathic link this like psionic rapport you know through their tattoos or whatever that sends a reverberation of the damage that you know, Maru receives back to Urara. So it's like, what did she do? Just like sever the psionic link right before he got hit with the black water. Otherwise, I don't think that we really got, you know, that big of attention, you know, paid to what that her. attack did to Urara as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like I was Maybe. I was expecting her to just like pass the fuck out or whatever because the rapport was established when he got hit. And no, it's just like, oh no, Maruo got hurt. And it's like, shouldn't or you be for like, her to like actually show up? for yeah. her to actually show up from behind the door yeah like yeah. That, that's the thing is that like all this just got shoehorned immediately into the chapter yeah. rather than like giving it like let's say like two chapters even for it to breathe yeah and like to your point to show that like yeah. okay they have this link uh when it's convenient i guess and when it's <laughs> not it's don't worry about it yeah, it's, yeah. it was very it's fine. weird it's yeah fine. it was, it was weird yeah it's, it's, uh, it's fine yeah that's not that we think about it she should have probably had like some black shit coming you know at least yeah. like some black tears or something but maybe it's maybe some. it'll be explained that like the lick she only feels the pain when it's like a physical force or something or okay. only like when a, he gets punched yeah yeah when he gets punched my gut hurts too yeah, but like yeah. not if not if his life is being extinguished. I'm, I'm kind of. I just start sweating a little bit, but I, I yeah. don't know. I think one one panel would all would be all it would have taken of like Urara being like, luckily I saw that attack coming and severed our psionic link 
right yeah. before it made contact. Otherwise, I'd be on the fucking ground with him bleeding from every fucking orifice or whoa. something yeah, like yeah. that. Because that would that would do a lot for the competence of Urara in general to just like be able to sure. notice something like that coming and pro you know preemptively sever the link to make sure that she didn't take damage. That would be really cool, and also to just like get that level of like complexity in the switching on and switching off of that area of their power situation that they have established would just be really cool. Plus, it wouldn't make the situation feel so weird that she didn't writhe in pain she, after yeah. Mario took this fucking like, damage. Like, at least a little bit. Better. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like just little Hershey syrup dripping from her mouth or, you know, blood and tear <laughs> or something. something. You know, a little nosebleed, something. something. But she's she's yeah. just like sweating and stressed. Like, I got it. Like, she's like telling her to wake up. Somebody should be like shaking her, telling her to wake up too, yeah. I think. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. But I mean, other than that, like the door opening, you know, um, uh, uh, Gobuki, Gobuki, whatever the fucking, like, Nutsat. Nutsat Raccoon, Nutsat Raccoon. <laughs> whatever the lead nutsack <laughs> raccoon dude is him opening the door like i was like really you're just gonna open the door and then it says even old gyobu's at a loss huh looks like keeping us prisoner isn't a priority anymore and i was like oh okay that's a good i was like that's good that's fine because obviously tamagawa has entered dopo akari mode and he's just attacking in 360 degrees and not caring about who gets in his way that's obviously a bigger yeah. deal friendly than, fire is now on yeah that's like a <laughs> way a way bigger deal than keeping these people you know confined or whatever so him opening the door could be seen as okay this dude's not so bad he was just doing what he thought he had to do he's not like actually a piece of shit otherwise why not just leave him in the room because like what like like you have to be going out of your way to try to help them to open the door otherwise yeah. you know like you could literally just leave it closed and like how does that affect anything that's happening right now you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the explanation on that like was fine. It made sense. It allows me to think of these characters as deeper than like what we have kind of like seen from them so far. You know, we have no idea like what's up with this Gilbo Danuki dude. We know what his ability is. We know he trapped him with the ball sack. We know that Tamagawa reports to him. But other than that, we don't really have anything else. But this kind of allows you to go into a mode of thinking that gives depth to the character without there actually being exposition on the page because now i'm assuming oh he's got to be a pretty decent dude if he let them out now that he sees the situation doesn't really call for them to be sealed anymore yeah you guys can go that's really cool of you bro because you definitely yeah. didn't need to do that so now that, i get to think a lot more about stuff like that so i appreciate that that, that or it's like this dude's going berserk and we need as many we need all hands on deck to calm this fucking beast we mm -hmm. need everyone even if we don't mm -hmm. fuck with him like y'all could y'all could choose not to help if you don't want to but you go die too yeah. so like you better get the fucking help you better I, grab a grab a bucket i like that even more because then <laughs> ship's going down yeah then then it doesn't really require you to assume that he's a cool guy it you know requires you to assume that he's just pragmatic <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what i mean and is like hey well if this dude's going crazy we got bodies over here with superpowers that could be helping resolve the situation might as well let him out i like that way better yeah. than what i said mm -hmm. but other than that i think that's all that i had for ayashimon this week Are you guys good i uh you got any more to say Axel? <laughs> i do oh I do. okay well we got, uh, we got i think i, I, think I so... have one more thing yeah. One of the things, well, I'll let you, I'll let Yato go first. Yeah, go ahead, Yato. Uh, mine's not well, necessarily a high note. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, well, well, mine is just where I think it's going next and how I think the conclusion of this this conflict will go. And also, uh, I think Sean in one of the group chats or something said that next chapter is the end of, like, volume three or something. So I feel like next chapter is going to be definitely the conclusion to this. But I feel like, uh, I, I think 
how it ends is either it'll either involve the guys that were trying to seal, you know, the main character cast under under the you know a couple floors down, or like Mauro may actually save this guy, and they not wanting to be buddy buddy, but they everyone there thanks Mauro and his gang, and they they do agree to come to terms because Ooh, because the Raw Raw yeah, gang yeah. they did they did want to meet with the Korea Hotels and form an alliance, and they may agree to form an alliance if they save Tamagawa's life because those people are super like they love Tamagawa. Yeah. So mm. I think I think it will probably become get to a point where they're like okay we we fuck with the we fuck with the robber gang but yeah. like we're we're also gonna play both we're gonna like do a double spy thing we're gonna pretend that we don't fuck with you guys and you guys don't come near the hotels and we'll make it seem like we sh- we kicked y'all out of the area but like we're still gonna we're still gonna watch out for dopo and we'll let you know if he's doing any any yes, slick shit you know? i like that i like that a lot so actually i think we're gonna get some information warfare that would be cool for like you know perspective you know um swapping on it right because it's like after they came out of the Dopo Akari situation, they were like, all right, well, let's go see what's good with Ayakashi B-Stars because we need allies. Ayakashi B-Stars mm-hmm. got their shit pushed in, you know, separate from the Urara gang. And then they found that out and was like, well, who's left? You know, Corey Hotels. So they go to Corey Hotels and the audience is probably going, these guys are definitely teaming up with them if Ayakashi B-Stars is out of here because this is the only group left. And we know that they have to, you know, make an alliance with somebody. I feel like Kaku Yuji, like, knew that that would be the line of thinking that the audience would have. So he made the Corey Hotels antagonistic in that situation to subvert that idea. It's like, well, now what the fuck is going to happen? Because I wasn't expecting Corey Hotels to be fucking assholes to these guys. So now what? Then... Coming out of the antagonistic situation, you have Maruo save, you know, Tamagawa's life, and now that re-brings it back to the Alliance idea, because it's like, well, now I have a reason to fuck with you. We're not just going to fuck with you because we're the only group left that isn't absorbed by the Edma Syndicate. Now we're fucking with you because you gave us a reason to, which I I think feels, like, way better. Or maybe even like in a case where like, cause cause Tamagawa was really like adamant. He was really like, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. So I could see, I could see it happening like that. But either you know, either he does turn over New Leaf, but I feel like that would be less. I feel like that would be a worse way of having it happen than Mario saving Tamagawa's life. But Tamagawa is like out of it. He's like unconscious, maybe in a coma, and his people. Or like, thank oh, you for saving our boss. We sure. we owe you everything for saving our boss because we love Tamagawa. Mm-hmm. So we'll help you. We'll join you. But like, we're gonna keep fronting and acting like we don't fuck with you. Yeah. You know, don't come near the hotels. But we are cool. We will we will share information with you, and we won't be in your way. But like, just keep up appearances. Don't come near the hotels. Okay, I love that. Mm-hmm. I like it either way. Either either one of these possibilities that we just discussed, yeah. I feel like would be really cool to see. But Axel, what do you got for us? All right, so there was something in the chapter that really kind of, you know, other than the fact that, like, Tamagawa was, you know, masquerading as Dopo and supposedly using, you know, a copy of his ultimate technique, the fact that, like, there was such a big moment with him with this whole fourth wall break of being like, you know, if it, if it was the old me, I wouldn't mind dying like uh, a manga protagonist like that. That, you know, it, it's just how it goes. But like mm-hmm. I have I have I have people that I want to protect like and like I, I can't go dying right now. Those are kinds of things where it's just like, all right, where where does the character development go from here? 
because like mm. that's one of those things where especially because you know the the finality of death yeah and like especially like with some manga characters not all of them yeah like that's something where it's just like okay this is that feels like very end game type of character development yeah and you know me i read yeah. everything in the magazine i read a lot of everything right you can right. just say everything yeah <laughs> honestly speak and i'm trying to read more yeah. um like i i noticed especially like in in shugamaru from this week but like you can also see things in doran dororan mm-hmm. like there are the flags are presenting themselves in that like these three series absolutely could be ending with the next acts, especially mm. when you consider the fact that with this last round, we got one new series and Ayakashi triangle moved to jump plus mm. nothing actually got axed. And as of this year, we are in may we've only had three new series introduced in Shonen jump. Because Ayashiman, uh, Shugamaru, and Dorano Dororan were all introduced uh, at the end of last year. Mm. Um, like, we've only had three new series. So, like, it's not that crazy to think, honestly speaking, that all three of those series could end mm, with and, the next acts. And you're thinking that's it, why we're getting this, like, you know, epiphany inside of Maruo's, like... On top of the space. fact that we yeah. saw the, the Dopo stuff that we did, the yeah, fact yeah. that, honestly speaking, like, this whole hotel mini arc has been just that a mini arc like we are speed running this yeah honestly yeah. speaking um like yeah. we're we're not spending enough time necessarily with any one thing so we're right. just like rolling on through which i mean that, with that's, newer that's series that's like that, that. It is ending pretty soon yes like, if we know that, that is, it's ending that's pretty soon true. then yes this feels like we're speed yes. running through and character so that's the thing is that like yeah. i can't I can't say one way or another that, oh, obviously this is happening. Like, oh, all the signs are there. If you're Shugamaru, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the signs are blatant that right. that is what they're doing. With Doran Doran, they're doing things that, like, it's like, oh, uh, we're revealing backstory things, like, yeah. now and resolving it really fast. Like, yeah, okay, like, this could end too. I'm not saying it will. I'm yeah. just saying that, like, again... When you think about it, we've only had three new series this year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we're only going to have probably two more serialization rounds for this year. Like, we typically have four or five. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that unheard of for Jump to say, all right, we're going to get rid of three or four. They could toss Earth Child in there as well, for all we know. <laughs> yeah. um, we, also had, like, we also got Black Clover, you know, being on break, though. So I guess I feel like that kind of, like, takes a little bit of the pressure off for, sure. for a Which, few months. Yes, and that's also possibly why we only had the one series change like mm. that we did. Um, which in Ayakashi Triangle, his view numbers went like dummy um, as soon as it made the, the jump plus uh, switch. It's, oh, it's wow. honestly crazy. Um, but okay. like, I, I just want to put that out there yeah, for yeah. the people that are like, oh, this could never happen. And I'm just like, ah, could. Phantom Seer. The Phantom Seer, Last Sayuki. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know what the numbers for Last Sayuki was looking like, but like that didn't feel uh, like Not wrong. like Phantom Seer to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Even, so, so I mean, even, like, uh... and that's, that's the, like the most direct comparison I can make though, is that yeah. like, it 
it's not that crazy to think that it's on a similar trajectory to phantom seer especially again because i am the jump statistics and data guy i uh ayashimon hasn't had a color page since chapter nine um we just had chapter 24 and again color pages aren't everything right but the same thing happened to phantom seer yeah where like it had it had an early color and so did duran for whatever reason sugamaru did like that one didn't have one at all um and then just recently earth child and akane banashi had one at about the same chapter mark but like there's there has been no movement either for ayashimon in the toc it is not it has not removed itself from the back of the magazine. Uh-oh. It hasn't had any kind of like top threes. It obviously hasn't had a second cover yet yeah. compared yeah. to some of the other like breakout hits that we've had. So I just, I, I, I want to go with it. I, I'm being realistic. I, yeah. this is not me saying that I don't enjoy Ayashiman. Yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. I do. Right. But right. like, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say, Hey, this is showing similar signs yeah. to another series that people loved, people thought was doing all right, and honestly speaking, numbers-wise, it did, but, like, if you're looking at the big picture, there are certain things that are not adding up. So well, here's, a, here's I, a counterpoint. Yeah. Here's a counterpoint on the positive side of things. Like, obviously, the statistics and the history of, like, Weekly Shonen Jump axing and whatnot, you're definitely a lot more capable there as far as your, like... You know knowledge and whatnot but just from a writing standpoint i totally see what you mean when you say like this epiphany inside of maro that comes from like realizing you know like it's not about just winning the day it's about protecting people like that is a historically a very late game you know character development device you know what <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean inside of the history of shonen storytelling my positive uh or or optimistic outlook on this dialogue here and the events of this chapter could be where Maruo is going through all of the historically prominent, you know, shonen protagonist and shonen mm-hmm. manga related writing devices and and levels of development and moments of of um of writing that we know come with shonen storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because Kakuyuji has an entirely separate like almost lane carving idea for the future development of Maruo that's potentially going to be unlike anything that we've seen or at least rarely seen that he wants mm. to take Maruo down because if we're looking at like basic like character arc structure you have the selfish want that is then you know replaced with life experience that reveals mm-hmm. to you what you really needed and why your previous want was so selfish and unnecessary in the first place so it seems like he's kind of hitting that point right now in his character arc to go I wanted to be Kenshiro I wanted to be Goku I wanted to be all of these main characters that did all of these really cool personal things but the main point in their character arcs that matters the most is realizing that it's not always about you it's about the people that you have that power for to protect and that's a big deal you know and we're getting mm-hmm. that in chapter 24 so maybe we're speed running through all of the expected you know shonen protagonist character related things and going maruo got all that out the paint instantly right mm-hmm. away he became exactly what he wanted in a shonen protagonist according to the history of shonen protagonists that he himself has had but now from that point or a certain point in the future forward it's going to be all maruo doing new stuff and establishing new you know things that maybe will be copied by future protagonists or future protagonists mm-hmm. and writers in the future or whatever but it feels like it could be on an optimistic side of things Kakuyuji making a statement that goes, this is what you were used to before. Maruo's hit all of those check marks, and now it's fresh and unique. This yep. is Maruo yep. from now on. So it could be something and like that. And ideally, 
ideally that is what happens yeah it, it's yeah. just like like i'm saying it's just one of those things where it's just like this reveal is a very big character development moment like you really gotta bring your a game to give us something more right than that moving forward like right. the, the yeah. bar has been set very high <clears throat> for a development thing based on his character that we've seen so yeah. Uh, I'll I'll remain optimistic, but yeah, I mean, I yes. see I see yeah. points in both in both di- in both directions, and then yeah. you know, like especially with like being realistic, like it it would I wouldn't be surprised if it did get axed. I don't want it to, and I think it I think it right. will will go for a while. But like if you you know, in in three or four months from now, we look back and it has been axed. You know, somebody will definitely pull up this chapter and yeah. say, you know, he was we saw the signs uh, here. Yeah, yeah, we saw the signs. He he yep. wanted the, the last two pages. He showed us all these guys in their mask forms. He showed us the final villain's final form he showed us dopo yeah. akari what his you know his final form is he showed he showed maruro you know how he would get through that you know because you got to show the big bad you yeah. got to show how the how the good guy wins so yeah. like we, we checked all those boxes mm-hmm. and if i'm out i'm out at least i didn't you know yeah. at least at least my shit didn't get axed without me wanting to get my you know main yeah big my ideas main message out. across yeah and you want to yeah. know what you just pointed you just made me like notice something else this last splash page on 19 cotone has this engine heart kind of coming through his leather jacket and i don't think we saw that when uh you know maruo fought him the first time so that either means like well obviously yeah, we can definitely. go back and double check but yeah if we didn't I'll, see I'll this like that. engine heart on his chest you know what i mean like above his clothes or whatever if we didn't see that last time and we're seeing it now it either means that katone was holding back in his fight against maruo which is cool to think about or this is like end game stuff and in, in Kakuyuji's like I was going to reveal this engine heart later in Katone's character but if we're wrapping this up and getting out the door you know might as well show everyone's true final forms or whatever you know in yeah. this in this confrontation here so it could be something like that because that's what we saw in like Samurai 8 that's what we saw in Last Sayuki you show all the final forms of the characters that you were waiting that you were going to wait to show later in the story right. but it's getting axed now so here's the I mean we still, I pulled, I pulled it we still have yeah. We still have a volume's worth of content, though, before the next serialization round, though. Oh, sure, sure. Because yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Smartphone has only had three chapters so far, and it usually is about ten or so chapters between serializations. So, yeah. to Yato's point from earlier, we have at least one volume to go. Okay. Yeah, I did pull it up, though, so in that, in that way, I think it is safe. He does have it in Chapter 13. He's got that, like, engine heart thingy. Mm. Oh, he he does have it? Yeah, chapter thirteen, he's got it. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Well, then never mind. So, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember it either. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <spent. laughs> I'm through with Ayashima for this week. All right. Well, I think I'm that'll too. awesome. I think that'll do it for uh, for Ayashimon twenty four this week. All right, moving into Sakamoto Days, chapter seventy one, hard mode. Oh my god, these color pages. <laughs> right, Axel, what's it, up, man? Sakamoto Days does not miss. Yeah, We've doesn't. got a banger cover. we got a banger color double page spread. And we also got the news in this freaking issue about Sakamoto Days Volume 7 with freaking Gaku on the cover. And like, yeah. uh, 
Sakamoto days does not miss. Yeah, that, that Gaku miss. cover is nasty, bro. bro. I, I tweeted that shit, and like people won't stop reading. Like I, I was, I was not expecting. I tweeted it the other day, 184 likes. And like I was like, bro, like it's it's still just people keep retweeting it. Because you got the so Knox retweet. Oh. Yeah, for real. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> bro. I mean that that'll do it, yo. Yeah. But like I yeah. keep getting like notifications from people saying like I gotta check this out. I'm like, bro, it's just a cover, y'all. Y'all are <laughs> y'all are going in. Yes. It's free. Yeah. You go on Manga Plus, and it's yeah. all free for a year. There right you there, go. Baby. Honestly, yes. yes. But like, cold though. Oh my god, yeah. it's I. I loved it. Like, uh, if I, I really should have started collecting the Sakamoto Days, uh, Jump, uh, magazines. Honestly, I, like, it, I should have done it. I didn't. Um, and I, like, I just, I love it. It's, it, it does not miss yeah honestly speaking it hasn't um, missed for me yet no yeah, no it, like it's it is slowly supplanting mission yozakura family as like the king of color pages Ooh. in shonen jump honestly because like it just keeps getting them yeah. whether it's just color pages or whether it's from getting lead colors on the cover it, yeah. it does not I, miss. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it, it doesn't. I really feel like it's 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 impressive because I feel like when you read a series like this, you start getting into Sakamoto, you kind of worry that like it might go the martial route and become like too goofy. But like, yeah. it it stays super serious and like there's goofy goofball moments, but like yeah. it never gets it never gets to the point where it's like, all right, this is too goofy for me. Sakamoto, Even, yeah, does a really good yeah. job of maintaining that it's, balance of seriousness yeah. and and comedy. It's and the Gintama of the magazine. There right you go. Now. It, it yeah. is the Gintama of this era of Shonen Jump, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. But I love this color page. I love the color spread. I just love Yuto Suzuki's color palette. Like, it's very, um, you know, yellow submarine kind of color story. You know what I mean? Like, type of um, psychedelic, like, rompy you know color combinations you know what I when mean? he's doing like the fun ones yeah, but then when obviously the when ones, he's yeah. doing like the cold hard ones yeah. like i love Those when that like that, that the color palette shifts yeah where you get the dark tones where like yeah. you get yeah. like all these like just dark moody like scenes like it it's yeah. really great to see that dichotomy yes. between the two of them absolutely yeah. and i love how on the color spread like I never really thought about how much of a Sakamoto fanboy Shin was until, you know, the introduction of Toromaru, um, the, the gun axe chick, I think that's her name, right? Mm, and like her, so. you know, putting so much emphasis on how much of a Sakamoto fangirl she is, and then equating that back to Shin in the way that they, they did and that we talked about in those chapters when we covered them. But then like re-emphasizing that in this color spread with Shin's shoes literally having Sakamoto's face on the sole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to say that. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this dude is number one foam finger Sakamoto I fan. <laughs> I didn't even mm -hmm. see this until just now. This isn't on my notes and I was just about to say, bro, he's got a gun in Sakamoto's face yeah. on his shoes. And I didn't notice it until... That's his One team. second ago. That's his idol. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> that's his god, that's crazy. man. Yeah, that's just mm -hmm. like a funny detail. Yeah, but yeah, man, good shit, good shit. Getting into the chapter, this is just Sakamoto activation, ass whooping to just mm -hmm. take us out of you know the conflict in this exam arc in Sakamoto fashion, and it's beautiful the whole time. I saw some people. Um, I think I tweeted. 
the, the end sequence at the end of the chapter where he jumps on the fucking plane and shoots, Shania, shoots Shania into the air, grabs the fucking wheel axle, amazing. rides it. No, no, no. The, the craziest thing is, like, originally when I read the chapter, I thought that he grabbed the, the, the wheel axle and put it on the fucking ground and then, like, used his foot to, like, push off. And that's what no. gave him the momentum. No, he grabbed that shit, spun it with his fucking bare hand, and then set it down, and then rode up. Like, this is, like, a, such an astronomically ridiculous strength feat yeah. for Sakamoto. But, like, just thinking about the amount of strength necessary to hit a fucking wheel. Just one of the wheels. Maybe he hit both of them. But, like, to just hit one wheel, set it down, and that's enough to fucking propel you forward in an incline and then up into the air is well, nuts. And <laughs> keep in mind so like the his strength and size like that ability in and of itself was unlocked um right before the apart fight so like he is definitely becoming more in tune with his weight and power mm. and like he like the fact that like he hasn't had to go into skinny moto mode, the fact mm -hmm. that he's still able to put up this fight, still able to make these maneuvers, still have the sheer power that he has. Like, yeah. like we are really seeing that like happen, especially in this fight. And we're given that kind of environment where he can do that. Yeah. Like with the Eiffel tower fight, like he still had certain limitations just because like he is at like a landmark right. and there are civilians around. Yeah. This time he he has free roam and yeah. can just throw his weight around literally. Yeah. And it's oh my god. I didn't I, um, I, can, can you remind me what the apart fight is? What that was? The Eiffel Tower one. Or, the Eiffel Tower one. Okay. Well the Where, the uh, Japanese equivalent. Okay. Yeah. So then after that you said something happened to him. I, why am I not like remembering? No, so like he went to that one acupuncturist who oh. like is one for like all the different assassins and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said that he was, you know, using that skinny moto mode as a crutch. Like he wasn't, you know, using his new body to the full potential that it had, and like the the actually great potential that it had yeah. like he was relying on skinny moto mode too much and now that he you know has like more control over his body now that he's not just shedding his weight yeah. all the time like he really has that oomph yeah like, not only is that a just... really cool thing to notice like you know outside of exposition right because it's like obviously that mm -hmm. isn't any like stated explicitly like anywhere in the chapter or in his scenes since he came out of that acupuncture at least not to my memory so like that's mm -hmm. just a really cool thing to just have in the background to notice if you've been paying attention but then also um it it makes the situation feel really cool that this is the kind of um conflict that that kind of fruit is shown in right because it's like yes. okay gaku and um, X or slur or whatever in the last arc we can assume Sakamoto was not even close to ready to square up with them obviously there was some like you know collateral damage issues and like you know civilian casual casualty issues that Sakamoto and the protagonist team kind of had to account for back then that they don't have to account for now but like we could assume just based on the way that the narrative was going that these are the the big bads that they have to work 
themselves up towards to beat and that's why they're in this exam in the first place or whatever is because we got to go get ourselves together we got to get tight for the coming conflicts and whatnot but sakamoto is now right here in direct opposition to gaku and he smoked him you know what i mean so like that is a pretty big leap from the last arc where sakamoto really couldn't do anything against slur and gaku for you know a, a combination of reasons that we talked about or whatever but that power dynamic was established and that gap was established in that last arc and now for him to re-engage gaku in a way where he completely overwhelms him because of this new appreciation and understanding of his weight and strength coming out of the acupuncture stuff feels good that he smoked gaku while he's in this virtual reality situation with the shania body and not just mm -hmm. outright whoops gaku you know what i mean because there's a lot of mm -hmm. factors that went into why gaku lost the way he did against sakamoto uh shin and kaji did hella damage in their fight to him his body was already breaking while fighting them sakamoto comes in essentially to just clean up the situation once the shania body is effectively spent but gaku was still driving it so so to show you know a closing a, a smaller closing of that gap in a non-explicit way like this chapter is feels really good now that i like kind of am thinking about it after you brought it up axel mm -hmm. yeah and I, I saw i still saw some people saying that like they were kind of disappointed by the fact that sakamoto had to come and save the day and they were saying like shin's been a jobber and shit and it's like shin's been fighting his ass off he's been using yeah. his abilities like when he fought uh tama maru whatever her name is like he he had to like listen to the fish to to yeah. realize that there was a river like he's been he's been using yeah. everything he had to stay alive what's wrong with little guy? growth like what's wrong with little growth yeah. you know what i mean like we're yeah, on a week-to-week right. -week schedule so you're watching shin you're hyped for shin he's yeah. noticing new things about himself you want him to win just because of the week-to-week -week hype inside of his fight and then it concludes yeah. with sakamoto having to help and i can see the meatheads or or the hype junkies being like oh that should have been shin's w because i've been rooting for him week to week for the last yeah. four fucking chapters but no it's like this is about the little gradual growth of shin on his way to be someone who he can look at himself and go i don't need sakamoto i've reached my full potential on my own you don't want that to come at the snap of a finger just because he's yeah. got hype storytelling around a specific fight that we're following on the pulse week to week like let right. the shit breathe if you were reading this shit in binge form and the series was already done and the gaku fight you know happens in real time later in shin's character you know what i mean like it's gonna feel that much better that he had little losses on the way to that final confrontation rather than first yeah. time he encounters gaku even though it's a shania body clone double whatever like you don't want to just give shin w's just because it's hype and, and we're getting focused and sh on him sh right. shin's yeah. been fighting like uh like this tama what's his name uh shania like this should gaku controlling shania like he just arrived like on a boat he's fresh he hasn't been in any fights he's like 100 you know ready to go and yeah. shin's been fighting shin, right. shin's, right. shin's tired he's spent and he's fighting this guy and toromaru like, was one of the three special recommendations too. yeah right like yeah. there there is value behind all three of their and and sound guy yeah. uh yeah gotcha. just shy like yeah. it, it's just one of those things where it's just like okay are we really like just like underappreciating the fact that like he just went toe to toe with a special recommendation and was able to like have her admit that he was right. the bigger Sakamoto fan yeah. among other things like yeah. it, it it at the same time like if he actually were to beat Gaku isn't that 
undervaluing Gaku as a result. It's exactly. it's that, it's that dumb yeah. argument of like if I punch myself and I do not feel pain, is that because I am like weak or like my body is too strong kind of yeah. thing? Like yeah. it's that argument. It's just like okay, well if Shin wins, that means Gaku loses. And do you really like yeah. like it, this fight is supposed to show like again the only reason why gaku didn't do more is because he faced off against one of the strongest assassins that he could come across right like and got his hand just sliced off this like we are seeing gaku's raw abilities just copy and pasted onto another individual like this fight is supposed to show that like he is formidable for Shin yeah. to win again, like we wait, like what has been already said, where he's already gone through these fights, where he has fought one of the other special recommendation, um, you know, assassins. Yeah, like one. wouldn't it cheapen it a little bit if he really did beat Gaku? Like right. that's how it feels to me. Like Gaku is still at this level, even when it's not really him. That like Sakamoto has to step up. Shin is not that level yet and right. i don't want him to be that level yet yeah, yeah. people just but, get like tunnel vision and they forget all of the factors involved in these power scaling situations yeah and all they see is this character beat this character how does that trickle mm-hmm. down and permeate throughout the rest of the power situation and history of conflict resolution that we've gotten in these fights yes. historically that's all they see you know what i mean but yeah. like there just is so much more involved like what yato yato was saying about how shin has been fighting throughout this exam arc mm-hmm. leading into the shania gaku fight and like like you said axel one of them was a special recommendation so it's like his stamina is not being taken into account when it comes to this loss that he received there's a whole bunch of factors that a lot of people that are complaining about this resolution are just not accounting for and and like shania's body shania's like his 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 exhaustion level and things like that don't matter because like he's being controlled. His body is being controlled by Gaku, who is miles away eating burgers. Like Gaku is chilling. No matter right. what happens to Shadaya's body, Gaku's cool. He's right. he's relaxing. He's got a he's got a They're literally just blowing. Yeah. chilling yeah. and talking about karaoke from the night before. Yeah, right. Like he, like he is Antler dudes like should I turn on this music? He's like, nah, bro. Like they are chilling. No matter what happens in this fight, Gaku is cool. Like yeah. you yeah. could you could rip Shadaya's head off. Gaku is fine right like (laughs) so and again like and on top of that like sakamoto said you know i am trusting you to take care of these other kids right now and i'm gonna take care of it like if this wasn't something where sakamoto you know trusted shin to do it like this would have been one of those things where sakamoto took the time to he has to you know parry off shania and then help get everyone away and then go back to the fight no he trusts shin enough that he's like okay i can trust you that like i don't have to take this time to save you guys i am trusting you to do so so i can put my full attention into beating this punk and beat that punk he did there is value in that there There is is absolutely value in that like we i i think in a way to I think some people have become spoiled just because of the brisk pace that so many modern shonen series are taking with their arcs and whatnot. Like yeah. they want that immediate satisfaction now. 
they right. they want it now so they can get to the next best best thing again and again and again in however many chapters like yeah. <laughs> it's it's okay to take it slow sometimes yeah, you can't like, just like you said away the baby steps yeah baby, baby steps. steps like there's nothing wrong spoiled. with that i feel like these people no. just completely like forget about the character writing and they just like treat these characters as like wwf action toys that they're just like slamming together in their fucking yeah. rooms like hanging out with their mm -hmm. friends and like that's all that matters to them and it's like no like there's so many other factors that you have to consider in like what makes these characters great and strong and like what makes them valuable in the narrative beside and i know it's an action series that's like heavily focused on like choreography and like hand-to-hand -hand mm -hmm. combat and shit so it's easy to kind of get lost in the sauce of like hype choreography meathead unga boonga exchanges but at the end of the day yep. like yuto suzuki is still writing very deep and yeah. multi-dimensional characters the story is yeah. there yeah so it's but like, like yeah. So like people are seeing, they're looking at it like, wow, this fight's still going on after three chapters. Shin should have won by now. Otherwise, Shin's a jobber. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like people like that, you need to not be reading weekly unless you're like, if you're going to read weekly, you need to like remove yourself from these groups where people just say things like this guy's a jobber or he he sucks. You need, you need to be like more into like people who are actually like trying to discuss the chapters instead of just coming in weekly and being like, oh, this chapter My goat sucks. won. Your goat lost. Yeah, everybody likes me. Everybody hates you and like that's if those like are the, the only circles you that, hang out in yeah you're, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get Man, this, of it, yeah. this <laughs> author will never recover from this chapter next chapter <laughs> yeah. oh well they actually pulled through uh you know i, yeah. I believed yeah. in them the entire time okay buddy my goat it's like yeah you gotta you gotta step mm. outside of those weird circles that where people literally just like circle jerk each other off and and say the same words over and over like you, you gotta look a little deeper than that yeah. yeah i i do want to say though since we we brought up fight choreography yes i and I, I said this on twitter and i stand by this and i, I want to say right now that best does not necessarily equate to favorite yeah but i do think that this was the best choreographed fight so far because honestly speaking in sakamoto the, the, days in sakamoto days okay and i say this like one of the greatest strengths that Sakamoto Days has in its fights is that it makes the most of its locations in its fights. Yeah. And that's not something that you necessarily see a lot in other series. This is a really um, good point. Like, yeah. You'll have like a lot of them where like, oh man, like they're they're doing these really cool maneuvers and whatnot, yeah. but they're not necessarily making use of the, the scenery and like yeah. the environment and like things that can be used. Right. And like this this chapter just did it again and again and again, yeah. where Sakamoto punched the wall for the groundwater. The groundwater took them all the way back to the ocean to where the airplane was. Yeah. Slap the 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 seat belt the the, the most ominous seat belt theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strap like, in, motherfucker. Yeah. Just like we're getting deported and then just like heating <laughs> that motherfucker backwards, yeah. bouncing around in the plane, comes back with a suitcase, is about to smack the guy, gets deflected by Gaku peeling up the floor. Yeah. Then he takes freaking passport and like shania's face is so dirty and bloody that he's able to slap him so hard with the passport that his face is imprinted on it yeah then to the to the point you made before where he's able to use his weight to launch him with the plane wing as just a for fucking him to take seesaw the wheels. yeah yes, just for him to take the wheels 
slap it, turn into a man-made Segway, <laughs> go all up there, mack him with the wheels. Yeah, a lot. And then, and then in the end of the fight, just like like sit or stand in there in the water with like the, his hand up in the air and he's like oh man it's really sunny right now yeah, like yeah. it's as the body flies <laughs> through the yes. wing and hits the ground yes. yeah and you're making a great point because it's like you put this scene in like any other you know story you know what i mean like mm-hmm. put it in jujutsu kaisen is a good example since it's known for its choreography it's like yeah. there's a power system involved in there so naturally yes. you know the focus on you know, the fight is either going to be hand-to-hand choreography or power system choreography or whatever. You might not mm-hmm. get this same level of environmental, you know, application adding yeah. that extra dimension to the fight. They might fly into yes. the plane, fight inside yeah. of the plane, but, like, you won't get a sit in the seat, strap them into the fucking shit, pick up the chair, throw it down the fucking hull of the ship, j- jump yeah. on the fucking shit and y- yeah. eat them into the air. You know what I mean? You might not get mm-hmm. that level you know, and that is a good thing, you know, to bring up when it comes yes. to Sakamoto you, days as far as what you, sets it apart that I never thought about before. That was killer. You you put this in something like a My Hero and you literally just got like a dude crashes in the plane and then character two punches him through the plane and then you never see the plane again. Yeah, like that's the, plane the last of the plane. Anymore. It's like the, the plane was a wall. Guy punches him through the wall. Wall no longer I, matters. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when you think of... um what's her face uh stars and stripes and like you think oh you know the the planes had the significance that they had briefly and and then they were just kind of there and then used against the kind of thing like you didn't have like one of those things where it's just like oh like here's this really cool part where like she's just like ripping the paneling off of like the the, the the plane or like going through like parts of it or stuff like that and yeah not that it had to because like it you meant yeah. like, like, said, like they to. have this power yeah. system they have quirks they have other things that like you can bounce off of right. with sakamoto days yes you have certain people that have like special abilities or whatnot but yeah. like the fact of the matter is sakamoto he's super strong yeah. he's got all these assassination techniques but he's able to make use of anything that's around him at his disposal which we already saw on the plane previously while it was in the air like the fact that like they could make use of anything that is one of sakamoto day's like greatest strengths yeah is that it doesn't have a shared power system to yes kind of like um, you said Knox. like other series can't necessarily do what sakamoto days is doing with this choreography i feel like they could and they just don't right because i made the point to say like you know you have other stimuli that like you know the narrative kind Mm -hmm. of um you know revolves around you know what i mean inside of inside of action you know what i mean like in kaisen it they do be throwing hands but there also is a whole shared power system there and the abilities do matter a fuck ton in these fights you know what i mean so knowing that you could still get environmental and structure, you know, um, manipulation and usage in fights in in Jujutsu Kaisen, despite everything that I just said. But it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yep. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean it's because Akutami Gege didn't think of it or can't do it. It's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. He wants right. to tell this kind of story inside of his conflict mm-hmm. or whatever, and that's totally yeah. fine. But Yuto Suzuki 
either just through a combination of just how creative this person is or the fact that he doesn't have a shared power system to kind of like center the fights around or whatever whatever he made the conscious effort to include this dynamic in his conflict yep. so yeah. like that instantly sets him apart just that decision making yeah go ahead, something like there. jujutsu will use it like to start a fight or something like it'll it'll happen like yeah, somebody will throw something yeah. like, like hikari throws the glass at yuji yuji's like oh shit and then the doors come to try to slam on yuji it's like that it's it's used but like in Sakamoto days, you got like the entire environment and then yes. the next environment. Like yes. he, Sakamoto takes them from this underwater cave. They go, they're fighting underwater. They're like drowning. Gaku's laying on his back fighting. Yeah. And the antler is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's fighting on his back, swimming. And then they, 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 they end up on this plane and they're not just fighting on the roof of the plane. They're not fighting next to the plane. They end up fighting in the plane. All throughout he straps the them plane. in. <laughs> yeah. He, he swings a suitcase at them. Like this, this is the type of stuff that you don't get anywhere else right. and like the yeah. you know a, a lot of times you know the suitcase you know either the suitcase will get deflected that's it he yeah. comes he'll follow up with the punch in any other series but sakamoto right. grabs a passport yeah i do and, it, and it always has me like hold on he's gonna do something cold <laughs> with this random mundane yeah. household item you know what i'm it's saying like... when, the, when he had when he took the pen at the beginning of the exam he like took he like ever all the weapons dropped down you kind of had to make do with what you got and he yeah. got like a fucking ballpoint pen or some shit and he fucking threw that shit like dynamically like out of the page like going into the next yeah. page and shit like you always get that kind of shit in sakamoto days so when the fucking suitcase exploded and you had various random junk drawer items in the air i was like he could grab any one of these and it's gonna be yeah. the tightest shit i ever saw he grabbed the passport and i was like i wasn't ready for that what's he gonna do with it <laughs> i don't even Boom. i don't even think he knew it was a passport i think he just was like grabbing whatever landed in his yeah, head anything's a weapon it. to me but yeah, yeah okay it's like don't matter so before we move away from this part of the conversation i just want to say yes other mangaka even inside of current ongoing weekly shonen jump definitely do use the environment in their action choreography to some extent not saying they don't not saying they can't but yuto suzuki makes a point to have that be a constant necessary expected thing inside of his mm -hmm. action choreography and that is a specific thing inside of his you know, comic book creation that kind of sets yep. him apart from his contemporaries. And it, it makes you excited to see, all right, what where are we going next? Yeah. What is that next environment that we're going to see? Right. Like, what is he going to use next? Because, I mean, that, that's, it, that's what it is. Like, we haven't necessarily had, like, oh, we're in this, like, uh, like the the temple of the enemy and like or like this like specific monument that was created for like this evil like dictator no like we've had like environments where it's just like these are normal environments to other people and all of a sudden they're just like they're being used in these like battlefield ways like yeah. it, for me personally the subway fight is still my favorite fight Ooh, just because yeah. thematically that one is just so much fun yeah but like that's the thing like it was a creative use of that environment for that fight mm -hmm. like even like even going all the way back to when like he went to go get a freaking backpack for his daughter the way that they're able to use like that mall yeah for the choreography and the action scenes and whatnot like yes. again it makes great use of an environment to really make your choreography stand out and so that that is why i'm always looking forward to what sakamoto day does next because yeah. it's just like all right 
what what are we doing like are we gonna have like a like a bouncy castle fight at some <laughs> yeah. point where it's just like just bouncing around and it's just like i have a knife and it's yeah. just like uh-oh not yeah. in this bounce house like yeah. again like it's it like the amusement park the museum like it's the tower yeah. i love it the tower yeah like or even his the, own the- freaking supermarket with not yeah yeah or the dodgeball the the fucking paintball tournament like every oh, anywhere some man. shit can happen yeah. yeah 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 it it is that is the choreography mixed with the use of the environment is sakamoto days one of its greatest strengths other than again the, the fact that we've mentioned too the fact that you have this great balance between an action series and a comedy series that feels natural. Yeah. You're yeah. not like, th- this isn't something where it's just like, oh man, I'm pulling teeth to try and get you to laugh. Yeah. Cough, cough, yeah. national. Yeah. Like, or on the opposite have... side of it, like this is a comedy series and I'm pulling teeth to get you to care about the drama that's the going action. on. Yeah. Drama. And, yeah, and, and also, and I'll, yeah. And also, Mashal was also just always in the school. It wasn't like they were like fighting at like a hotel or at a theme park or anything. It was like the fights in Mashal happened either in a school or like in the woods. And yeah. it was always like the two <laughs> same settings. Like we yeah. never saw yeah. anything besides trees or libraries. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant point uh, that you yeah. brought up, Axel, on, on yeah. in regard to like what sets Sakamoto choreography apart from the rest of the series, you know, in the magazine or in other magazines mm-hmm. that are known for their choreography. Absolutely. Um, do we have anything else for Sakamoto this week though? Um, Shania is just going to be a, a sack of meat. Yeah. I'm super yeah. excited to see like this. what happens God. with Shania after this. He, you know what I mean? He, he needs to get a regular job because whatever <laughs> this, whatever they're paying him is not worth it. He thought he would, he thought, he thought this was his like, you know, like what was his job beforehand? Some kind of like he, he was just day like a laborer. This was, yeah, this he, is like a Craigslist ad that yeah. they pulled him from. He thought he, he, was, he, thought he was going flexible to, and is yeah. okay with the benefits. Yeah, yeah. Fine, yeah. they okay. grabbed some day labor. They like put up some you know ad or whatever, and and he was probably just some day laborer that thought that this was like greener like, pastures. The dude, the dude has just been learning asleep. or something. Yeah, yeah. He's just been that asleep was... since the start of this 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 tale fight like i i went back because i was just like this entire time i'm thinking to myself i was like oh man who was the third recommend like who is like the third recommendation soon it was it was shania and like so i'm looking at the start of that like the entire start of that he had the goggles off like as they were explaining everything and whatnot Mm. so it's just like when Mm. did that like that switch flip where it's just like okay time to go night night yeah and then just like Ah, uh, you go, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you arrive, pop these pills and put the headset on. Yo, go to I'm going Take to break these. him now. They call me in the morning. Yeah, yeah, Yo. yeah. That and uh, the 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 swimming thing caught me off guard because I was like, if Gaku's talking underwater, is Shania's mouth like moving too? Like, is, is Shania drowning? But I don't think that I don't think it's affecting no, his no, mouth. No, no, <laughs> it, it's not. It's just the eyes and the yeah, arms, the and... arms and legs. Yeah. So wait a yeah. minute, this whole time Gaku has never said one thing to the people he was fighting. Yeah, yeah, they've never heard Shania. Yeah. Shania's mouth never moved. Right. So I, was, I guess I never saw right. I was but like, before. He, drowning. They, some of the stuff was being heard um, thanks to that superhuman hearing. 
Um, but oh, just I not while that. Sakamoto was there. Right, right, yeah. right. It's never been Shania's mouth moving. And that for, yeah. a, yes. for a moment, I was confused because Gaku's like swimming and talking. I was like, should Shania be drowning? But no, Shania's mouth never opens. I'm fine. Funny as hell. Uh, Anything mm-hmm. else, gentlemen? Nah, I think mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that will do it for Sakamoto Days, Chapter 71. All right, moving into Mission Yozakura Family, Chapter 130, Eldest Brother Family Day of Payback. <laughs> How do we feel? It's a nice chapter, but yeah. there are some very unsettling things in this chapter all the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking um, about, like, the Kengo stuff. No, not only him. Like Futaba. So so oh, seeing yeah. Futaba in casual clothes is Yo. super unsettling just yeah. given her proportions. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you gotta like remember like this is the eldest sister and she looks like a child. Yeah. Um and god, I the it, it's creepy the amount of detailing given to her feet. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the kind of chapter where it's just like, oh god. Please don't let the foot fetish people find this online. Yeah. They're not going to stop. And it's just, oh, God. Yeah, but no, yes, yeah, the Kengo I, stuff, too, with this, just his bare butt. And just, oh, my God. Yeah, whenever, Kengo's always weird. Yeah. Not not very big fan of Kengo. Whenever I see Kengo, I just, like, instantly, especially when he's acting like this, like, you turn into page five, and you're just like, holy shit. All right, Kengo. It just, like, reminds you of Roger from American Dad. <laughs> like he's yeah. literally just like that character in this it's, story <laughs> it's a lot less like bad for roger though because he's a fucking butt ugly martian <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like kengo is like you know supposed to be like a normal looking person just wearing the cat ears and yeah. hiding his eyes and, and the- his cat butt plug <laughs> yeah and, like, like chill. i don't want to <laughs> think about it like that oh yeah, and he's also got the kind of like God, uh, the, the page when he's just like limp on the floor and the, the tail is just like no <laughs> I never thought about the tail actually so Gondira. you just ruined, you ruined it even more for me yeah, uh, yeah no not Gondira it's Axel you put these thoughts in here <laughs> yeah you put you definitely put the thoughts in there because I was definitely I was giving Gondira a pass <laughs> <laughs> but no dude I love this chapter like as like you know because we were talking about like the possible continuation of of the you know family dynamic in the slice of life you know chapters that are usually come out of the the big overarching narrative conflict chapters or whatever you know what i mean like we have this like kind of formula inside of mission yozakura family now where it's like you know slice of life character driven family storytelling big action arc and then rinse repeat kind of and it's like well Mm -hmm. it'd be really cool if coming out of such a big narrative moment like the reveal of momo's motivations and is insane and and fucking sadistic plans or whatever like we were talking about how like that shit definitely shook these cast members to their core so if would be cool if we coming out of that went right back into that regular expected slice of life mini arc storytelling that we're used to but if it just had a darker tone to it you know what i mean like a mm-hmm. sadder more serious you know tone to it and that's fine that we didn't get that. You know what I mean? We kind of go we, right back into cutesy family, you know, funny time, which is totally fine. We did to an extent, though. Like, yeah. you have to get through the first half of the chapter right. with all that stuff going on yep. for you to finally have that moment between 
uh, Kyoichiro and Mutsumi, where it's just like, like she says, like you know, I, I was worried about yeah. like all of this stuff. Like I feel powerless, but like yeah. I'm, you know, able to do what I do because of you. And he's like, no, like I, I get to do what I do because of you. Right. Like, that was massive. It's it, it was one of those like legitimate like heartfelt moments that thankfully was not ruined by him you know doing one of his like like super doting on mutsumi like moments yeah um like obviously like towards the end of the chapter like we got back to the goofy side of things but like right it was great to see that moment between the two of them and i'm now i'm just waiting for that same kind of moment between kyoichiro and tayo and i I feel like well i'm fingers crossed we get that next chapter right. or even the chapter after that because like i'm i i need i need that like i need yeah. that resolution considering what he just did to save kyoichiro yeah from something that he thought himself like he could not come back from and yeah Tayo yeah. proved him wrong like yeah. huge. it makes sense that we would get the mutsumi and kyoichiro stuff first obviously yes. because of their relationship but then yes immediately following this i feel like there should be a kyoichiro and Tayo equivalent mm-hmm. scene um to some extent i feel like that would make a lot of sense and just going back to what i was saying earlier about how you know it could have went into darker you know um toned slice of life mini arc storytelling coming out of the momo stuff but it, it feels better that it's not just like a snap of a finger into mm-hmm. like emo mode you want to like gradually kind of address the you know um anxiety and you know um uh and uh worry that the, the mm-hmm. family kind of has coming out of the Momo stuff. You kind of like want to gradually ease into that because it does make sense that this kind of family would go back to playful, comedic, you know, yeah. storytelling immediately coming out of that. That's just the kind of characters that this family is. You know what I mean? Like they have their own ways of dealing with things that are kind of underneath this umbrella of wholesome, funny comedy family. But we do very often still get the serious, dramatic side of their feelings and you know shit like that often enough you know what i mean so having it you know having it go into this immediately you know isn't actually all that jarring you know what i mean because it it makes sense that this is the way that they would behave especially if we know that those serious dramatic feelings are underneath all of it it's not just being swept under the rug for the sake of keeping up with you know a theme convention that we are historically used to having in a story like this you know yeah I, mean? I, so. I feel like i feel like gundara definitely follows a formula we have like the the serious arcs and then we go into like the cool down periods where right. everyone reflects on how that that arc made them feel how they come together as a family yeah everyone's had like their moment of growth and stuff like that and then you know at the end of a big conflict we come we come back home we go get ice cream we talk about it we relax you know, we, we have some playful moments and you get chapters like this. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And I love how yeah. Mitsumi is coming with the big, crazy looking iron spiky gloves to give the, the, the shoulder massage to Kyoichiro because I can't remember uh-huh. a single time in Mission Yozakura family yet where Mutsumi is kind of shown like this with Kyoichiro, where she's going out of her way to do like a favor or something for Kyoichiro. At least I can't remember. Someone feel free to, you know, remind me in the comments. I, I- I can't remember a single time where she maybe I, I feel like I might be like way off, but I can't remember a single time where she has been in a moment where it looks like she can do like anything physical. Like the fact yeah. that she's using these gloves or whatever yeah, is yeah, like yeah. A, a feat to me because I've never I don't remember <laughs> a single time where she's ever used a gadget, maybe, done anything. Yeah, like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's usually like she might come in and like slap her brother and be like, stop fooling around or whatever. Yeah. We're a family. But I don't feel like she's ever like yeah. been, you know, because she, she doesn't have like powers. And shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's just so much storytelling centered around Kyoichiro's obsession for Mutsumi and all the things that he'll, you know, jump out and do for Mutsumi and you, whether it's, you know, for comedy or whether it's to actually establish and, and, and reinforce their bond as siblings or whatever, it's usually Kyoichiro doing something for or to Mutsumi. But this is a situation where everyone's kind of getting their payback and whatnot. And, like, that's all great as, you know, the story of the chapter or whatever. But then to get this scene where, amidst all of that, Mutsumi is going out of her way to cater to Kyoichiro in any kind of way, I feel like, is brand new. I feel like I have not Mm -hmm. seen this reverse before. We get that twist, though, too, that, like, even with them doing all of all of this and making him do all of that stuff for him, for them... All of this was for him. Yes, the fact that, that was this amazing. was all an yeah. effort to finally make him fall asleep. When like this is the guy who's done anything and everything in his power to constantly being that watchdog, the the one that does not fall asleep, the one that is always watching, protecting, and whatnot. And like this, just being this elaborate plan to like yeah. finally give him rest and be like, hey, like we acknowledge the fact that you just did something that like you were trying to protect the family and like you almost died and like yeah you you deserve a break and we're not going to draw on your face with markers but we love you we love you a lot and you know we care about it serves it yeah it serves like multiple purposes like so like and and that just feels like really good right because like it makes sense as like a yeah we're paying you back in this comedic and funny way that's also wholesome you know in regard to our family's dynamic that's been you know established throughout the the story so far all of that shit felt really good you know what i mean and then you turn the page into 15 and it's like, that's exactly why we're doing all of this, though, is to give this dude, you know, a uh, mental and physical, you know, stress so that he will eventually fall asleep because he needs a fucking break. And like the way that yeah. that was just planned and executed by Hitsuji Gondaira just feels so good because it's just such an organic, you know, domino effect of plot points of, you know, of, of story continuation, because it's like, yes, yeah. we just came out of a situation where everyone's pissed at you because you took this burden all entirely on your own personally and tried to deal with it without us we're upset about that so now we're going to exhaust you mentally and physically by doing all of these things that you wouldn't normally do but you're allowing yourself to do to make it up to us the people that you wrong but that is all then you know like axel said in this twist of oh but we really put you through all of that just so that you could pass out and that's just like yeah. so like oh my god it's really high really level storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Listen, listening to you guys talk about it, and like you know, now I'm thinking about it even more. It actually kind of makes me appreciate this chapter more. Just mm-hmm. thinking about that fact because like the the whole chapter is you know painted as as Kyoichiro doing favors and and you know paying everyone back for you know saying his way of saying I'm sorry. Let me make it up to you. But the whole time it's them wearing him down by having him do shit for them because normally like if someone would say Kyoichiro you need to take a nap he would just say no Kyoichiro you know just take it easy today we got it today he would say no he's always on alert so they they have tricked him into you know having him do favors for them so that he could ultimately at the end of the day finally take a break in a way that he would accept right absolutely again and right after he was going to freaking die too like that's the thing like this guy he was not ready to stop 
doing things despite the fact that he almost died yeah, he was yeah. going to die if it was not for the existence of tayo yeah, shit, like, he might fucking... there was nothing that anyone else in the family could do yeah. to save him he might he and might, like he might still die look at the now what's in the now cooking over <laughs> yes. here on page 15 eternal like, sleep i, I, super died. Sleep medicine I died on I page like, seven yeah i was like when the cute careful. trio showed up when oh. it's just like i and goliath and the now and just like can we do this? And yeah. he's just like, yes. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> like, yes. Oh, Goliath and, is my favorite because he just wants to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, but he wants to go for a walk on like the dangerous route of climbing Mount yeah. Fuji, and it's like lethality okay, well, rate ninety nine percent. Yeah, hell route. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 just their eyes full of hope and just like, can we? And just like, uh huh. It's like, ah. Yeah. Oh. And he doesn't even reluctantly like say like yes like ah oh, I guess he's like nah fuck that no problem at all <laughs> throws the it. fucking shit back he's right there on the yeah. side of the fucking mountain he's like fully committed to this like house baby role you know what I mean <laughs> like he like went balls to the wall on it there wasn't like any apprehension or you know nope. reluctance at all he was just like yep let's get it and I was just like dude Kyo Ichiro <laughs> mm-hmm. you're cool as fuck bro <laughs> yeah it 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 gives. It gives you like that appreciation for his character, and it yes. gives you appreciation for the bond that these these family members have for each other. And like, this it's... shit wouldn't slap nearly as hard if we didn't have a hundred plus chapters of Kyoichiro constantly reminding us that he is not the kind of person that would do any of these things. Yeah. Yes, it, it was a great uh, chapter for yeah. his character developments and whatnot. And yeah. it's, it's really good. It's it, again, it's one of those chapters where like, you don't with like a first read through, you don't necessarily, you know, get as much value out of it. You might still enjoy it and whatnot, but like yeah. when you really contextualize it, like you, you really find that value that this chapter has. Yes. And yeah. like this, this is why I will always appreciate those more slice of life, chapters of mission yozakura family because right. it, it it does strike that great balance i know that i yeah. again just like with sakamoto days i know you have like your your meatheads that just want the action and whatnot but like it's it's the slice of life comedy chapters that yeah. really get to show off mission yozakura's charms i feel like when it comes yeah, to yozakura family the meatheads wouldn't even make it this far you know what i'm saying like they, no, they, they, they dropped the they series like you know there's, less than 20 chapters like, in because it wasn't like turning eight, up the heat enough yeah there, there's like eight slice of life like arcs in this series so yeah. no, they would they yeah, would the, make the it, meatheads but, yeah. would slowly just systematically yeah. like fall off one the, after it's, another it's not the, it's not the meatheads yeah. that like talked viz media into submission into <laughs> getting <laughs> physical prints of mission yozakura family no it was it was the fans that like that slice of life stuff that like the series as a whole like those those are the people that fought for and won the battle for mission yozakura family and now if we could just get those witch watch physicals because god damn those volumes are gorgeous yeah are they crazy they're they're pretty yeah they're they're i i love the color and the, the the references in the, yeah. the, the volumes they're they're There's really good a lot of like cutesy cool fun stuff going on on the covers it's like not it's not too cluttered but it's like a lot of little fun mm. fun stuff from the chapters on the cover but like you like you were saying though about you know this series or this chapter might not be you know one that you get all the way on the first read i'm i definitely 
am that guy. Like, I, my yeah. first read, I was like, it's cool. I like the wholesome bits at the end, but I definitely didn't think about it as much or as deeply as I did until we started talking about it now. That's so. why this atmosphere is just, like, so important for, like, at least me personally. Like, I, mm. I feel like I need this kind of setting, you know, because I just, like, rely on it in regard to, like, my appreciation of the series that we constantly, you know, are reviewing. Because it's like, yeah, I'm in group chats. I'm on discords. I'm in, I'm, I'm in you know pretty much all over social media talking about manga all day every day but it's not until i get into this kind of atmosphere where i feel like i'm really discussing manga like for real and i don't know yeah. if that has to do with the fact that we're face to face looking at each other's facial expressions hearing each other's voices there's a lot that goes into it stimuli wise yeah but like it's just a completely different level than just discussing this in a text-based group chat yeah know? there's a mix mm -hmm. between that and then you know like talking in like a group chat on like twitter or discord or something it's like somebody might drop an idea and you know go to work or you know go cook dinner or something and you know we we have these this this time couple hours set aside that we have decided yeah. to set aside to talk about this stuff specifically versus right. like you hit up twitter you're like yo this this chapter was amazing i love when this happened and then like somebody might not respond for 20 minutes right. because everyone's everyone's yeah. you know mowing the lawn washing clothes people people yeah. aren't you know actively replying but so this is dedicated time yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. it's cool yeah, and then it's you cool. get to like sixteen, seventeen, real quick. I, just because I'm looking at the fucking page, I remember when I read this for the first time. I like thought of like this hypothetical like April Fools like scenario where you just take this panel, rest well, Kyoichiro, and hit the timeline. Like R.I.P. the guy. You had a good run. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rip Kyoichiro and just see oh. what happens on the timeline. <laughs> God. Yeah. Put like uh like edit the page to be like darker. <laughs> like, like like rest in peace. <laughs> Could have did it. Yeah. I uh the the like jigglypuff art scene, like yeah, that shit's funny because I feel like Where? I feel like Kyoichiro's face, like when he's drawing his face and shit, I feel like he looks like a golden kabooi character with like oh. the like mustache and shit drawn and like the eyes, they look kinda like like golden kabooi art to me. Somebody oh, will probably sure. disagree and kill me in the comments, but that's the <laughs> How first dare thing I thought of I thought, yeah. Golden First thing I thought of. Respect but, Golden uh, Kamui. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's 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 one of my only tens. Yeah, yeah I love Golden Kamui, so, so Ooh, nice. don't don't hurt me, yo. Nice, nice. But, yeah. um, only other thing I had to say really was yeah. I really I found it I found it funny that like the the dad sent to text and like I don't know what year this is, but who the fuck still has subjects for their text? <laughs> this, shit, this shit has a subject line. Yeah, I don't know. This this does look like a new phone. Who would have like some? Yes. I don't know. Fucking old niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like he probably yeah. like wrote that himself. Like subject. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this, this man has this man has hacked Viz Media and has yeah. a subject line in the description afterwards. Or he's sending oh, an email. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be an email because. Like, that, email, email. Still have subjects yeah. even in he is old. yeah he is it old could, as yeah. fuck yeah so it's like Makes could just sense. be an email but if it's a text message it looks like it's popping up as a text message so i don't he might be know. on a computer though so yeah you're Maybe right Japanese her, her phones are just yeah. different you never know i will never get over how much older he looks compared to their freaking grandpa like their grandpa <laughs> looks more lively than their dad does yeah. right just, right yeah. Oh I, man, I mean, yeah, I'm we gotta get writing for, for we that. We actually too. see him in color, but yeah. like the ugh. grandpa is Momo's biological father, isn't he? The no, um, grandpa is um the daughter or the 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 former heads. Okay, the so Ray because like Ray's biological it... father is the grandpa. Wait, what? Right, what? so Ray Yozakura is Momo's wife right 
Ray Yozakura. Mutsumi's mom. Mutsumi's mother. Mutsumi's mother is, is Ray. the daughter of the grandparents. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's that's what yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I was. He he married think. into the family, okay, just okay. like grandpa did. Got you, got you. Okay, so then the. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then yeah, there's no like a in the tree. There's no biological confirmation of Momo's parents. No, we have no idea okay. who he came oh, from. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I just wanted to, could, I just wanted to, to ask that. But that could definitely mm -hmm. be a thing. Because I was too. wondering, yeah, you brought up the grandpa, and I'm like, oh, are we gonna get writing like about like how the grandpa feels about like his son? But then I was like, wait a minute, is it even is Momo even his son? Thought so that's why I like it, brought it, it up. Could, yeah. We we might get one of those scenes where it's like I wish my wife never married that fucker. I mean yeah, I wish my daughter shit. never fucked with that dude. Yeah, that would I'm, be cool too. I'm sure we'll get like the rest of the extended cast opinion and thoughts and feelings yeah. on the situation as they're brought back into the story now that you know the Momo stuff is kinda happen but really yeah. really mm -hmm. interesting because we really never like get like grandparents like yeah. in these stories like you know yeah. most, most like of these this. stories the yeah. characters most of these stories the characters don't know their parents or like right. their dad is dead or like deku yeah. the dad's gone over overseas but like you never get grandparents and these we have grandparents that are alive in the story yeah, yeah. sometimes i mean like you yeah, might get a grandpa a when they're stand-ins yeah like that happens a lot yeah so i mean like I mean, I mean, One Piece obviously is like the biggest example. I mean, yeah. like oh, his yeah. grandpa is kind True. of an antagonistic force, but yeah. he is present. Right. Um, it's just rare. Yeah. Yeah. Who it's knows? Just like super rare. <laughs> like, like grandparents it is, are. It, it's just a, it entirely involved. depends on the series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I see what I see what Yato is saying though, because it's like this is a story that's obviously you know its biggest theme is just like family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, naturally, you have all of these characters that are all going to be sprouting from the same family tree because it's a story about their family tree. So it makes sense that you'll see, you know, nuclear, you know, some sem some semblance of, like, nuclear family extended outside of, um, you know, the, the Yozakura household. You'll get, like, the grandparents together, you know, in their little situation, other parents together over here. Like, it makes sense that you'd see that in a story like Yozakura, whereas, like, other stories, you, like, might get the grandpa, and then like yeah. that's it and he's like just a plot device for training or you know a, a big you know epic last stand fight or whatever after you like build up how or he gets the sucked into a vhs tape it. after you lose a Yu-Gi-Oh fight something yeah you know what i mean like it's always like something like that like but like this is literally just like my grandparents are just have their own agency and their characters that are just chilling in this shit without being like massive narrative weights you know, right. to like what's going on in one way or another, or massive plot devices in some kind of way. Yeah, so yeah. I see what you're saying. And, and those other stories, you never wonder like, is the grandpa gonna come back? Like in Yozakura family, you 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 can imagine the grandfather coming back into the story at some point for some reason. But like in unless in a lot of he other faces stories, off against Momo by himself, hey yo, sure, that, that would be kind of major, kind of crazy. Yeah. You, You've, like finally time for you to snuff you out like i should have I, yeah. I should you know when you were marrying ray you know speak now or forever hold your peace i should have duffed you then <laughs> i could I totally never see agree that to this shit if yeah I, I i gotta thank you for creating my grandbabies but yeah. i gotta take you out yeah yep, yep. i could totally see that mm -hmm. that'd be wild yeah but uh yeah i don't know i think that's all i have for mission yozakura family this week you guys think you're good mm -hmm. all right that'll do it for chapter 130 all right, moving into Jujutsu Kaisen, chapter 185. Hold on, what's the chapter title? Here we go. Bye-bye. 
Bye love bye. this chapter. Love this chapter. I think it's cool that we're getting this like look inside of um, Panda's like. I don't know what like at first I thought that this was like his inner domain you know what I mean like the same kind of like space that like Yuji interacts with Sukuna in in the beginning of the series but like for Panda because I know that like everybody's got an inner domain to some extent Mm -hmm. whether they like know about it and use it or not I think that that's just like an area of the power system that's like an established thing so I feel like whenever we see shit like this it could be you know that same kind of situation as like Sukuna and Yuji's uh setting for when they kind of like boxed in the beginning of this of the series or whatever but it's cool to see just this look at panda's you know inner situation you know because we always had these questions about like how the cores work and you know we got the information about like yaga's technique and how it works with like soul information and implanting it into these dolls and whatnot but like i don't remember i know that we spent a little bit of time in here actually at the very beginning of yaga's death chapter but I could be wrong on that. But either way, it's just cool that we're here right now. So uh, I, I'm going to let y'all go because I, I went and did a lot of reading. And I feel like I could still be wrong because this chapter is very, you know, whatever you say, it might be right, might be wrong. It's going to be it's, it's, it's a chapter that's going to be taken a few different ways. But no matter what, I went, sure. I went yeah, I went and did a, a little research on like I went back and read all of the, the Yaga chapters, all of the Panda chapters to oh, nice. try and get some more information. And I'm glad stuff, that you but... did that because I had the oh, thought mm-hmm. that I should do that, especially like these last couple of GG2 Kaisen segments. I've been getting like corrected hella inside of the comment <laughs> sections and whatnot and just like realizing how little i actually remember about like earlier jujutsu kaisen stuff so i've been wanting to like go back and like reread it and just mm. haven't really had the chance to obviously because it's been like less than a week since i said i was going to but i uh i didn't get a chance to like thoroughly research everything that i wanted to um in preparation for this review so i'm glad that you went back and reread everything and that you'll be bringing that information to the conversation at least so mm. That's good. But yeah, Axel, go ahead with uh, any kind of opening so, thoughts you have for the chapter while yes. let Yasuo cook So this, this chapter for me felt very similar to the Ayashiman chapter for me mm, because mm. the way that the chapter starts out is very ambiguous. Like you're thinking to yourself, because I mean, at this point, we're all used to, you know, characters getting a flashback as like something is happening. So you're mm-hmm. thinking to yourself like, oh, like we're kind of seeing a flashback into um panda's character from like when he was younger like oh. when, like how he had this relationship with his siblings that's how you took um, it okay. and i'm i'm gonna be completely honest i didn't realize until this chapter that his sister was a triceratops oh like, yeah the entire, like <laughs> the last chapter i'm just thinking to myself i'm like what the hell is this what yeah. what is this shape like i'm not I'm not putting like two and two together like, oh, she's a Triceratops because I'm thinking to myself, oh, like they're based off of like, you know, modern animals yeah, or mam- whatever. Mammalian, I'm not, like, yeah. Right. I'm not thinking, oh, Yaga decided I'm going to put the spirit of a Triceratops uh, yeah. into like my child amalgamation panda. Like, sure. no, right. not thinking that at all. Yeah. So like, I'm reading this chapter and thinking to myself, like, okay, like we're seeing, you know, how they kind of grew up and whatnot. Um, And like, it's not until you're getting towards the end of the chapter where you're realizing, oh, this, this is happening in real time right now. Yeah. Like this is happening is who, as we find out, Panda is just, 
in shambles yeah. as like his body is like torn asunder right like you're it, it, that realization as we get there is yeah. it, it's a heart-wrenching it's yeah. just like oh yeah. oh no <laughs> yeah at first i thought it like, was a flashback too and then i was like wait a minute if this is a flashback why aren't the gutters black <laughs> and then i was like oh no this is happening in real time right now uh, so like <laughs> i'm just like oh my god this yeah. is this is insane like especially because like i feel so gypped in a way but i mean this is totally yeah. jujutsu kaisen at the same time that like we finally see the sister do something yeah only for her to die immediately yeah. like yeah and we've been talking like, her about core it. got like just like semi destroyed the first time that's why she didn't show up right and, like we get to see her finally now and then just like it eh, dead yeah. like ah uh, yeah, the sad uh, thing about it is that, like, you're looking at it as, like, Panda's leaving, you know what I mean? Everyone go say bye to your brother or whatever, and it's like, okay, Panda's dying, so the siblings well, are... not necessarily him dying, but, like, just being left behind. Right, like, right, right, or just whatever, like, yeah, yeah, but, like, the point... It's, the point it's is, not Panda, it's us. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's, where, that's where I was going, and what I was saying is that, like, it's leading you into thinking, like, they're all saying goodbye to Panda because Panda's going to or because, like, Panda is, like, dying or whatever. So, like, that was, like, kind of the expectation that was kind of set up for me while as I was reading it. I was like, okay, once I realize, like, what this scene is trying to do to a certain degree, it's like, oh, okay, Panda's on his way out, and the rest of the siblings are, like, saying goodbye in that way because we know that Panda just got whooped by, you know, Kashimo in the previous chapter, and he's, like, bleeding out or dying or whatever, and the siblings are saying goodbye in that way. But no, Panda survives because his core is in the head, the gorilla and tri triceratops cores are in the area of his body that literally just got eviscerated. So they're being left behind by Panda because Panda's core wasn't destroyed. And that's what, like, you know, the story of the first, you know, part of this chapter is kind of telling. And, like, realizing that was when I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah. That's, like, Would a you... really creative and sad and holy shit way to kind of, like represent what's happening inside of the um inner domain is the term that i'm going to use of panda and i feel like i feel like you guys did really good because i'm now like thinking about it even more differently than i did before because like i said this is a chapter that you i feel like you can take it a lot of different ways and what you guys said makes a lot of sense um i was i was looking into it and so like before um like when Yaga is, when we see Yaga help Kusakabe, Kusakabe comes, he frees Panda and he, he comes to Yaga in the woods with like his sister and his sister is like in a wheelchair. She's not responding or anything, but Yaga has made a cursed doll of her, her son. Yeah. And he says that cursed dolls are created by implanting, replicating physical information over a curse like he said yaga explains it you need to replicate soul information from physical information yeah. and so i think he, he he also apologizes to kusakabe because this is just one soul and it's it's going to eventually fall apart this one body because in the end he ends up telling yaga the secret as i mean uh, yaga ends up telling Gaku Gaku Ganji Ganji on secret. his death on his deathbed how to do it and he yeah. says first you have to you have to you have to find you know three souls and three three souls and replicate them on three curse curse cores stick them yeah. into one body yeah. let them observe each other and the, the the cursed energy over the course of three months will will start to 
replicate and you know operate on its own yeah and so i think he he's like apologizing because Takero, which was his nephew, was yep. just one. There's just one soul in the body, so it's gonna fall apart. Unlike Panda, right. I think I think with Pandas, I think all of these. I think I don't know if it's been confirmed. I think some people have already theorized it that like Panda and his sister and the gorilla form are all Yaga's children, and mm. like in real life. But I think they all probably like died young, so they are remembering. Like he probably like told them or whatever when he when he put them into these curses he made you know my son this son's gonna be a panda or whatever this son's gonna this daughter's gonna be a triceratops so they probably view themselves as that they probably don't know that they were ever human and so oh, he sure. like puts them in and I think I think inside pandas like body since they are all part of him he can view their memories and stuff like that too as if like he as if he lived them even though like it's his brother's memories so oh sure yeah so you're you're saying basically like his real kids if he did have them and they died younger he probably like saw the synergy of making one son a panda one son a gorilla and one daughter and the daughter a triceratops probably because those were the favorite animals of the kids while they yeah. were alive or something like that and so he's like this is a better way to remember them they'll they'll have better synergy with the the puppet bodies you know that are kind of like used because of how much they cared about these animals while living and I was like and I that. was thinking that this was yeah I was thinking that this was more of a flashback like you guys are saying that this is happening now I was even though there's no gutters I was thinking that it could be a flashback because like Panda doesn't have these other kids he doesn't have a fox core or you know the kids that are like throw the ball in the river he doesn't have these other cores so I'm thinking that like kind of like uh, Goodnight Pun Pun where the character like as like a coping mechanism or whatever he sees everyone as birds I think Panda sees everyone mm. as like an animal or whatever he doesn't remember what these humans look like when they were like alive when so everyone what? you know this go ahead oh i was gonna say what if there are other cursed dolls though what if those represent Possibly. other cursed dolls that yaga has made That's like that, yeah, that was at least my thought process of like why there would be these other, other things. things i mean at the same time the space, yeah. Yeah. like the other things are like the, the wheels spinning my head um just based on context clues and whatnot like what yeah. if you know what is kind of represented is that like what if we're you know seeing them as they are because this is what killed them the first time or whatever was some kind of incident post christmas um especially since you know like there's such a focus on panda in this ball that he was specifically given by santa who i'm my head canon for this is yaga <laughs> was playing santa or something and mm. um you know like it was with them um like there was some kind of incident like where they were leaving home or whatnot and again post christmas where they died again going based off of your thought process of you know they could be yaga's kids yeah, yeah. maybe that that's what it is only, and going only thing back that makes what, oh sorry sorry go ahead sorry. i was gonna say only thing that kind of makes it weird is because like are these other kids like if if these are like other cursed dolls it'd be weird that like it, like is it is it a flashback or is it happening now because if it's happening now mm -hmm. then these other kids you know they 
they aren't other cores, you know, and forms yeah, that Panda can take. So yeah, like, he doesn't have a fox here? core. There's not a raccoon yeah. core. So then it could be a so situation like, where this is just the universe that Yaga gave them to have something to do inside of this innate domain. Because it's like, it's like you turn the page to, like, five, and it's like, yes, you have the fox and the tanuki. But then you also have, like, this fish flapping around inside of this water. It's like, where do all of these things come from if, yeah. if, if, if the water and the river and the fish... And all of the other structures are literally just like you know, um, illusion. I don't. Want, I don't want to say illusions, but just like figments of you know environment and a world around these cores. Then, like that makes a lot of sense as to why there are other animals that exist in this space that aren't possible forms and cores that panda can use in combat. Right? Like this has to just literally just be like a playground or a neighborhood or you know whatever that Yaga had created for the cores that exist in this space to have a world around them to exist in while they're yeah. chilling, waiting to be used as forms from Panda. You know what the I mean? Way, so the, the only way living things, like... the only actual living cores are obviously Panda, Triceratops, and Gorilla, but then the yeah. fox is, is a visage, the, the Tanuki is like, you know, a, a visage, just like a fucking mental imprint of a neighborhood that they can yeah, hang out in while they're in here. The way yeah. I'm thinking of it is like, you know, when you were a kid, you probably remember like being with your mom and meeting some like shady looking person and you probably don't remember what their face is, but like being a kid, you remember, you know, Panda's probably remembering these people as like a fox or like, just yeah. because Panda's a kid, Panda's not like an adult. Right. I mean, I don't know how old he is now, but like uh, what I was, what I was trying to say was like, I think that like Panda having these cores all put inside of him enables him to have their memories. So like, even though Panda mm. doesn't see the conversation between the dad, the sister and the brother, I think that like if y if Yaga took the pan if he took the gorilla core, then like the memories of Gorilla are inside of Panda and he has access to them. So he can see from Gorilla's point of view when they were leaving him. But he probably like he I feel like he has access to all three of their memories if they all existed at some point. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I just think but it works really better weird. as a real time situation, yeah. right? And that like literally everything else outside of the existence of the cores in this space is literally just a fictional world that Yaga created for all of them to hang out in when they're in this space. And 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 obviously I think we're all on the same page that the dad ghost, the Sakamoto mustache dad ghost <laughs> that we have in here is just like a piece of Yaga's like soul that he also put yeah. into this space to kind of like be with them. Maybe that's like another hidden area of his technique that he didn't disclose like to Gaku Ganji, yeah, is that like he puts a little bit of himself into all of these um, dolls that he makes for added stability. Because you were already talking about how we got the information that you need three cores in one body in order to create the equilibrium necessary to keep the body from falling apart, like mind and body wise or whatever. They kind of like, you know, teeter off of each other structurally, like, you know, like a triangle and how a triangle, you know, ha is structurally sound because of how all of the vertices and edges kind of like go into each other or whatever the explanation is for that. But like, that makes sense as far as the equilibrium and the balance to keep the structure whole inside of the doll body, you need that core personality balance or whatever. But it could also be another thing, just icing on the cake to really tie everything together. They user of the technique has to implant a little bit of their soul in every doll and that could be a detriment yeah. to the technique you can't have too many dolls on your team because now you're spreading your own soul too thin 
amongst making them weaker. You know what I mean, and making yeah. them weaker or whatever. I, so. I think that could be a thing. Back yeah. in the back in the Mechamaru fight, uh, Panda does actually say so. Like thinking about whether Panda lives or dies, I'm not. I'm still on the fence because, like, even though his other two cores are going, and probably his Panda core is like in his head. Uh, during the Mechamaru fight, he does say, he said, Mechamaru thinks he failed with those two shots, but the truth is he crushed two of my cores. So those other two cores, the Panda Core, and he's in gorilla form during this fight, and the Panda Core and the Sister Core gets crushed, but he's still all in one piece. So I guess right. if his body's all together, mm-hmm. it's different from him just being ahead. He can't. He probably can't regenerate the other cores. He probably can heal them if they're all still in the same body, right. but he probably can't regenerate them. But also was weird is i don't know if this is a mistranslation but um he when when mechamaru goes for an attack on panda he fires where he believes the final core should be and panda catches him and he says i can fake my core's location using energy manipulation but then in a thought bubble that panda doesn't say out loud he says i wasn't being honest about the number either so it's like we never, I don't think, touched oh, on that part again. Okay. So, like, maybe there could be a fourth. Maybe there's like smaller, unimportant cores that just keep them alive, or maybe there's just a mystery. Maybe that's those ta- the Tanuki and you know yeah. the Fox and whatnot. Oh shit! Yeah, and this is if anybody wants to look, I think it's like chapter thirty-nine or something. Yeah, thirty-nine, and. Wow. Yeah, the, I mean, we see the picture of, uh, I guess, you know, where where the cores are believed to be. You got the panda core in the head, which would make sense because he's right now in a panda form, at, right. you know, head. The gorilla in his, like, back and then in his right side or something, the sister core. But right now, all of those are trashed besides the panda core, so yeah. he might not be regenerating. Yeah, probably not. I mean, like, if if panda does survive the culling games, I can definitely see it being, like, you know, him continuing to exist as a character in the series in like a very nerf state, like only there for like information delivery or for conversation of any kind or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? But I don't think he'll be a combatant anymore because what does the panda form even do? That's like the highest durability, the highest defense. Like he has the stuffing, you know what I mean? To like take more damage than the other two forms. And then the gorilla even... is for hand to hand shit. And then the triceratops is for like big whatever. I don't fucking know, but. I, or even if like, since they aren't like destroyed they aren't damaged like inside of an entire body yeah. like it's just a head and the other two is just gone I, it might he might actually just disintegrate because he can't exist without all three cores like i think having having two dead batteries inside the remote is better than having you know one battery i guess in in panda's case oh sure so, okay. like he's only got one battery left where he normally has three and so the one battery can keep the two two going and give them some juice but like two yeah. of those batteries have been removed from him yeah so and now i don't think he can survive doesn't that. work at all yeah oh yeah. that's right because he doesn't have the balance that the other two cores gives him yeah. so whether even if he does survive this situation for however much longer eventually that core gonna is fall going apart. to deteriorate because it doesn't have the balance of the other two wow yeah. no panda oh, yeah r.i.p the guy and see, like, that's but, what's, like, so sad about, like, the tragedy in Jujutsu Kaisen is that, like, there are all of these, you know, um, stipulations as to, like, why a character can continue to exist after they've taken mortal damage, you know what I mean? Like, Mechamaru gets snuffed 
by Mahito inside of the giant Ultimate Mechamaru fight, but then his consciousness continues to exist on due to a loophole in the power system that allows him to continue to receive characterization and give information to the protagonist team throughout the rest of the Shibuya incident, all before coming back and saying, hey, I'm just about out of time, let me confess my love to Miwa or whatever and have this final moment with my girl, and now I'm actually out of here. Panda received clearly mortal wounds, you know what I mean? But he's still able to kind of live on for a little bit because of a loophole in the power system. But now that we know that he was only able to achieve that balance because there were three cores operating simultaneously and two of those are gone, Panda is still able to be a character for a little bit longer, but we know he's on borrowed time. And we have mm -hmm. an example of Mechamaru to let us know, on top of just our understanding of how the core situation works in Yaga's technique, to know that this dude is just about done with all of his living, even though he's still... Hakari, hey, I'm ahead on a stick, still yeah. talking to you. You know what I mean? So he's it's going weird. to continue to get character writing, but we know that it's a clock and that he is eventually just going to die, which is just like so sad that that's a recurring thing inside of Jujutsu Kaisen. And that's just like some really cool power system shit that I feel like hasn't really been shown in this way in other shonen manga, you know, that center around extra normal abilities. Shit's sad as fuck, man. <laughs> and it's cool. And it's, it's it's great and it's tight and it's awful and it's tragic and it's just like every emotion at once inside of a chapter like this. Uh, also mm. kind of feels weird that like Hikari jumps into the scene and he's like, he's not like, oh shit, Panda. He's just like, Panda, you lost some weight. So it makes me feel like he's seen Panda in a state like this and Panda's come back. Or like maybe he's sparred with Panda before and, Ooh, maybe. you know, like people people understand Hikari's strength because they've seen, yeah. I, I, I always ask the question, like how the fuck does Yuta yeah. know that Hikari is so strong? Because I don't think Hikari is going to drop his domain on Yuta, yeah. but like Panda is someone who like, as long as you don't destroy all three cores, it's fine. So I feel like Hikari yeah. and Panda probably sparred and Panda was probably like, yeah, just just don't destroy my head. You know, it's my best feature, but that's he's really yeah. sick because that's where his core is. Yeah. But like even if Hikari hasn't seen Panda in this state before, that could definitely be a reason why he doesn't seem too worried about Panda inside of his dialogue. He seems to pull up and be like, Oh shit, you got fucked up. And like it yeah. definitely could be a situation where he's seen Panda in a similar state, which would obviously give us hope. But the way that I took it is just like he has no idea what the situation is, sees that Panda is still alive though, and is just making like a dude bro, like dude-ish kind of like, yeah. hey, what's up, fam? You look you look sick. You know what I'm saying? Like you good? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you you alright? You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna be good, like type shit, but like he's just still just going to die, and Hikari's gonna be like, oh no, you know, like when that time comes or whatever. I I, I can't. I definitely didn't think of the possibility that he could have seen him in a state like this and knows he's going to be okay. I just kind of like totally saw it as like a just a cool like Hakari thing to do as he sees Panda in this state, you know. Like that's that's yeah. how I interpreted it as well. Yeah. Like it was just one of those like dude bro moments of yeah. just like you know kind of making a joke of the situation despite yeah. knowing how serious it actually is, and yeah. it's not in his character to you know like you know show worry or concern in like yeah. a like a traditional way like this is his way of being like you know i'm here like i'm gonna make a joke of the situation it's like panda you're not looking good but you know what i'm here and i'm about to wreck this guy's shit yeah so. it's like that scene in family guy when like <laughs> it's that scene in family guy when peter like falls asleep or something like while driving in the car like 
you know, crashes with the whole family in it, and Lois is like <laughs> fucked up in the car crash. Like, oh, Peter, and then Peter's like, hey, Crashy, <laughs> how you how you get down there or whatever. <laughs> My God, I can't remember the exact scene, but it like, (laughs) (laughs) and I saw like on Twitter, like not too long ago, like a tweet where someone was like, men, men will joke about anything as soon as they realize that you're out of harm's way. It's like, yeah, like I got stabbed like 16 times in a mugging outside of the bar last night, but I fully recovered and now I'm back to normal. And now all the guys in my family, every time I see him call me stabby. You know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they bought shit. me a Swiss cheese shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh, definitely some guy shit. Yeah, but like super hype on this Hikari entrance. I, I feel like that is the emotional fuel. You know what I mean? That will give Hikari all of the, the stakes necessary for his like full power fight against Kashimo in the next chapter or a couple of chapters. We, we know that he got Charles the fuck up out of here. Did he kill Charles? Or did he whoop Charles, make him transfer points, and now Charles is just kind of like chilling out there somewhere? We can assume that he probably didn't kill him. I didn't really feel, you know, the 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 vibe from Hikari that he was trying to kill Charles. You know what I mean? In their shit. So I could totally see it being a situation where he whoops him and just gets the points, and then Charles comes back to influence the plot in some kind of way later but like is the aura that we're seeing on hikari right now just his own aura spike like showing like what kind of effort he's going to be bringing into this confrontation or is this like the buff from the jackpot still in the previous fight in some kind of some kind of way that's what i'm thinking yeah like that this is the buff or whatever he's still coming off the buff from from uh from hitting the jackpot in his domain you know, he's always talking about how he likes to be, you know, hot and he doesn't like getting cold and stuff. So I think this is just that heat being yeah. like visualized. He He's in his element. This is him red hot. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense because it's already been stated that his aura was like jagged and spiky yeah. and sharp or whatever. Serrated Someone made a comment shit. that, yeah, yeah, that his aura is like serrated or whatever. And that's not what we're really looking at here inside of this aura drawing. So this yeah. definitely looks a lot more like flames or steam or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? So also, I think it makes more sense. That a lot more is, flow to it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the, I think it's the jackpot buff because yeah. otherwise, if this was just him flexing his fucking like Ren or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I feel like it would show that jagged, you know, sharpness, you know, that people have already kind of commented on. Yeah, I, I don't remember what exactly the the wording was when he was fighting Yuji, but you, I, I feel like I remember Yuji was saying like it doesn't matter like how much force it looks like he puts behind his punches, they always have the same like destructive force. Like yeah. it kind of like kind of reminds me of Ishigori, where it's like Ishigori always f- fires at maximum output. I feel like Hikari's punches and shit are like always, always on go, just catastrophic damage. Yeah, if they hit for you. sure. But this is gonna this is gonna be a really interesting situation too because it's like okay so Ka- Kashimo, as stated by Panda last chapter, has an electric aura property quality whatever yeah. you know what I mean and Akari obviously it's been stated by like Yuji I think is the one that said it earlier in the shit that his aura properties you know are jagged or serrated or whatever so th- this would be cool because in the last chapter I was talking about Kashimo's technique in relation to the electricity aspect and then someone brought it up in the comment section like is that his technique or is that just him boxing you know with the electrified properties of his aura and i was like that would be even cooler because then that means that we could get just straight aura property on aura on aura property like combat you know in the future more fights centered around 
you know, the matchup of someone's cursed energy um, quality than it being, you know, more about techniques. Like, techniques will probably still be used. Like, we haven't seen um, Hikari's. And if that wasn't Kashimo's technique in the last chapter, that means that we haven't seen Kashimo's either. So there yeah. being, like, another layer of strategy inside of the combat to, like, kind of, like, focus on could be a hand-to-hand -hand situation where it's literally just sharp aura versus electrified aura for a certain amount of time and that's hype all on its own because we know akutami gege snaps inside of those hand-to-hand -hand kind of situations so having a power system related an extra power system related element added to that hand-to-hand -hand choreography will be great for the start of the fight and then as it moves into boom now we're using our techniques it's that much more hype because we spent so much time before techniques doing other cool power system and hand-to-hand -hand related things so as far as the hype progression i could see it working something like that inside of kashimo versus uh hakari the only thing that's going to get weird is if it gets to a point where the techniques don't even work and now they're expanding domains because Kashimo probably has a domain. Akari, yeah. we know, has a domain, but he literally but, just used it. Yeah. So, can like, he use it can again? he use it again? Is he one of those special cases where you can use a domain multiple times in a day? It would make sense for a character like Hikari because, um, you know, he's being compared to Gojo as, like, the next generation's me, I think is what Gojo yeah. said when he was thinking of Akari and Yuta in that moment. So, it wouldn't surprise me if Akari was someone who could expand twice in a day. But, like, we just don't know, and that's the uncertainty that makes the tension high and makes it compelling and makes us not, you know, be able to, uh, to wait for the next chapter or whatever. But my point is, is that going to be the reason why we never saw Hikari's technique and never saw the completion of his domain strategy? Because we're going to get all of that inside of this uh, Kashimo fight with little breadcrumbs beforehand that we've kind of seen so far. I guess is my question, right? <laughs> you yeah, know, fair enough. Like, yeah, because it's like that's really like we can have a pretty good idea of how the conflict is going to go as far as like advantage switching back and forth, like in the fight. But I feel like we can be pretty confident that it's going to come down to domain expansion. And so the questions are are we finally going to see what this jackpot looks like in real time because he's going to expand a second time? And I guess yeah. the other question is can he even expand a second time? I got, a, I got a few more thoughts, but I, I think uh, I feel like I've been talking a little too much. So I kind of want to let Axel. Yeah, go. Axel, you got <laughs> anything <laughs> else, bro? Yeah, I do. So one of the things that didn't get touched on um, while we were in the world of Panda was the whale that showed up. Um, and I was just like, all right, why? You know, why is there a whale? Yeah, good question. Symbol, like, what's, what's the symbolism of that? So I was kind of like digging around online uh i came across this one website and it's like the meaning of dreaming of whales so mm. it says here when you dream of whales it is usually a sign that you are in need of guidance and support whale dreams can be interpreted in many ways but often they indicate that you are looking for help from a higher power whale dreams can also be a sign that you are ready to take on new challenges and face the unknown if you dream of being chased or attacked by a whale, it may represent some fear or challenge that you are facing in life. Alternately, or, eh. Alternatively this dream could also be a warning from your subconscious to, ward, uh, to watch out for someone or something in your life. Yo. Uh, and, like, on several levels, says, like, it, it is a very, like, relevant thing to the current situation. Like, Obviously, he's fighting an enemy that has him on the ropes and about to die. 
um definitely in need of you know like guidance and support considering he's about to potentially lose his older siblings forever um but at the same time it, it you know it presents an opportunity of like this is him about to potentially be on his own this is a new challenge this is something he's never experienced before of being alone inside himself mm. um so whether or not that is what that whale represents in any capacity i'm very curious but yeah. like just the the inclusion of that imagery i was just like okay there's got to be something to this right like they wouldn't just yeah. randomly show a whale with like no context behind it otherwise yeah, there's, gotta, no, there's like, gotta be in, something yeah, to it there's no like obvious like link to anything else that's going on in this sequence of pages either as to like why right. the whale makes sense you know what i mean it's not oh, yeah. tied to a previous page or a previous conversation in any way mm. only the only other thing i can think of with that is i know in the unofficials when the culling games first started they referred to it as the death migration game and they called the players in the game swimmers mm. and fish and stuff like that and there's also like the uh the mahito arc earlier in where i think it was like called the something in the little fish or something yeah and then even in the, in the jujutsu kaisen like opening theme there's a scene where there's like two fishes like swimming mm. in a pond or something so there's there's a couple of times where fish and swimming and yeah, stuff like that like little, what was it called little fish and reverse punishment I think so. I think yeah, is what and it it's was, like, or like big fish in a, a little pond or some shit. I remember punishment in reverse being. Yeah, yeah. And Kashima would definitely be a whale in comparison, just hey. given the power he has. Yeah. So. I like that. I like It'd that. Be a lot. The, the whale hero. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I I wanted to touch on it though because I was just like yeah. it was like the one thing in this chapter. I was just like, there's more. There's more to, to this <laughs> than just randomly uh, showing a whale. Right. I think for this chapter, there's just a few more points uh, I want to cover or talk about or, you know, mention, bring to the forefront um, with uh, with the points. And mm. well, before before I even get into the points, Hikari, yeah. I, yeah. I still I am still on the same train of thought as I was the last time I was on the show when I said, I think Charles is going to be a Hikari fanboy. Charles, Hikari got here really quick and I don't know how he did it, but I think charles since we, we we don't know anything about the fight it went from it went from literally domain charles getting kicked in the head panda fight pandas evaporated the car is here he's smashing through shipping containers multiple yeah. shipping containers the shipyard's fucked mm -hmm. i think i don't know how but i feel like somehow charles is gonna end up being an ally still yeah it, it might not happen but I mean, even in the pages we see here, Hikari, you know, Hikari is landed and you can't see his ear. It's like covered up. Maybe he's got a headset in and it's just all purpose. Maybe it's just, you know, oh, sure. maybe it's just covering, you know, with the speech bubbles or whatever. But maybe he's got like an AirPod on yeah. or, you know, Charles is sitting somewhere with binoculars or something, something like that. I feel like Charles is going to show up. I don't think he's dead. I don't think Hikari killed him. Yeah. Um, how much time has passed, you know, yeah. because, you know, does the jackpot last, you know, 20 minutes? Does it last five minutes? You know, he's in his Super Mario superstar form right now. He's tough. Yeah. So like, is he, <laughs> is he about to just start slugging him? I mean, cause this, this fight right here is the one that people have been waiting on for months. Everyone's right. been talking like even back when I feel like Higuruma and Yuji were fighting, people were like, I can't wait to see the Hikari and, and Kashimo fight. Shit, yeah. Like this, this is the one. And I think, 
like you were saying earlier, you know, they, they have these auras, you know, one is electrical and one is, you know, jagged. I feel like what I want is, you know, before this turns into a, te- a fight where they introduce techniques, I feel like these two guys are going to be slugging it. Like, it's going to be a fight where they're just back and forth beating the shit out of each other. And I want it to be bloody. Yeah. Like a fucking Hell in the Cell, Table Hell in the Cell, yeah, like Tornado that's, Tag that's Match. <laughs> yeah, because like, these aren't like, you know, the I don't know. I'm, I might have said it last time when I was on the show, but I feel like normally the authors don't like go all out and show their main characters beat to like literal shit. It happens sometimes, but like it'll sometimes happen with side characters. And I feel like Hikari is like a character that's like major enough, but also like a side character. People aren't like people aren't sucking Hikari off in the in the comments yet. I mean, right. they may in in a while, but like I feel like Hikari is a it's safe coming. character to show. Yeah. I feel like Hikari is a safe character to show. You know, getting the literal shit beat out of him. But he's also trading blows with another guy. Right. So like, you know, if he's if he's getting hit with like a nailed bat or something, like it wouldn't surprise me for a character like Hikari. I wouldn't see it for Yuji. But like someone like Hikari, you can I feel like you can throw all the stops at. You can hit him with a bus, you can drop him on nails, you can do all this <laughs> yeah. shit and have him keep going and it'd be cool, like a like a like a cage match. Yeah. So I want to see this get real bloody and then, you know, at yeah. some point maybe they whip out the curse techniques. Um, but I feel like this is actually the first time we will see points become weaponized because Kashimo is the first person we have seen reach 200 points. He spent 100 to, to, make, the rule. to make the rule. yeah. And I feel like he's going to spend the other 100 in the middle of a fight. Maybe something like you can't flee the zone without paying X amount or like you don't have access like once per day. In order to access your domain for the day, you have to spend 30 points. Somebody like Hikari, who might have like 15 points, can't use his domain. Mm. Or maybe it's like, in order for you to use your curse technique for the day, you have to spend five points. But like, if you haven't been killing people, or if you, you know, you're someone who gave your points away or something, you don't have, you know, you don't have points to give. Someone like Kashimo, he might drop a rule like that and just see a random civilian. Someone like Hikari isn't going to go kill a random guy. Yeah, so dude, that he I can totally see where you're going right now with yeah, this, and that is could, such a cool idea, bro. He could weaponize the points yeah, and make it so like... Fight, yeah. Make a rule, like, spend points to make a rule that will help him in the fight, but then it also can't just be something specific to the vacuum that we're in right now in the fight that we're yeah. having. Jujutsu Kaisen characters are a lot smarter than that, a lot more like future-oriented and forward-thinking. So I could totally see it being like a moment in the fight where, yes, we took a break from hand-to-hand combat so that I could add this this rule real quick that will help me in this fight, sure, but it also makes sense for the overarching game. And we'll see yeah. that rule come into play with other characters now that it's been established, but it's not just wildly specific to the conflict in front of Kashimo. It permeates outwards into the rest of the game. And yeah. I feel like that would be the kind of rule that it would be, and that would be cool as fuck if it happened. Kashimo like is also the ruthless type of character who he he would be fine because like even if he did that rule right now, if he dropped the rule and was like I spend a hundred points, make it so that like it costs you five points to use your domain for the day. Kashimo would just go and kill somebody. Like he he would probably yeah. stop fighting Kakari, like kick Kakari into a crate, just go kill like a. a people walking down the street. Hakari wouldn't do that. Hakari yeah. wouldn't just go kill random people. You know, Kashimo might 
drive the final nail in Panda and like, boom, five points right there. Thanks, buddy. I can use my domain. You can't because it costs you five points and you don't have any kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That would be so, such a cool situation, dude. He could be he could be sitting on some kind of tactic like that where it's like it he can he can add a rule where it costs you points yeah. and it, it costs you too many points to do something. Like you can't you can't leave this zone. He could be chasing somebody and it's like you can't even leave this zone without paying twenty points. Cosmo doesn't want to leave the zone. Yeah. He he wants to fight. He wants to know yeah. what Yuji is. Right. So it's like him leaving, I mean, it's nothing to him because he'll just kill people until he gets the amount that he needs. But like someone, yeah. a good guy, Hikari, he's not gonna he's not gonna go out and just start ruthlessly killing people so that he can leave the zone. Right. Wow. Dude, I whatever form it takes, whether it's something that specific or whatever, just in general, mid-combat adding a rule for one reason or another because it's either going to help you in the fight immediately or whatever is just a really cool situation to think about inside of Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, imagine, imagine you know, somebody's trying to run and then, like, right as they get to the edge of the barrier, it's like, bam, bam, yeah. you gotta pay five points to leave. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's, like, right behind shit, them. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. And the guy's, like, right behind them trying to kill him. It's like, what do I do? You, yeah. can't, you can't escape. You yeah. gotta turn around and square up. Oh, man, that's, like, scary and cool to think about. And he's... He's the only one that we've seen so far with 200 points. The Kogane popped up and was like, yo, you got, you got 200 points. You want to spend some? Yeah. And he's like, fuck it. Yeah. It would be tight if, like, that exact situation happened and he did add the rule. Like, you can't leave a specific zone unless you pay an amount of points to get past the barrier or whatever. And, like, he does that for Hikari, but Hikari's like, I'm not going nowhere. I'll square up with you right here face to face. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even need to try to escape. And But then it switches perspectives to another area of the zone in the colony. Oh, and someone's trying to run away <laughs> from another murderer. <laughs> and they run yeah. into a wall and Kogane pops up like, yo, I'm Kogane. You got to fucking pay me some money right now. Or you got to pay me some points. Or you're not getting past this barrier. And then all of a sudden yeah. the dude just gets like murdered because the person chasing them got lucky and a point was added that like up kept their prey from escaping them and like just to switch perspectives and show that like the aftermath and like the ramifications of the point being added in a different area that matters more but then coming back to the hype of a car being like fuck that rule i ain't going nowhere i think yeah. that would just be such a cool scene to get in jujitsu and, and then we get so, introduced to another sorry yeah go ahead <laughs> on the flip side though it could also be used as a means of escape like it like hypothetically if we were to see that um hikari is beating kashimo what if he used those 100 points that he has uh as a means of getting out of there what if like he used it as a rule of in a similar capacity if you use points or not of being able to move from one colony to another colony um but still getting randomly dropped in yeah. um like oh. using that conveniently in that space to be like sorry maybe next time but uh i'm off to kill sakuna so uh bye yeah. bye and all oh. of a sudden just pops like out you, like yeah. you can't leave but you're randomly dropped you can't you can't walk out and just be like a foot away from the barrier like if you walk out you put it into another portal into another yeah. barrier randomly you might be yeah. in the sky so it's like yeah. it could be a good move it could also fuck you I could see Kashimo right. being like, here's the new rule. You can't like, or wait a minute. No, no, no. A situation where he's talking to Hikari and he's beating his ass and was like, man, tell me what, before I kill you, tell me where Sukuna is at. 
And it's like, well, joke's on you. Fucking Yuji's in Tokyo Colony 1. Like, you're not even in the right zone. And he's like, that's all the information I needed. 100 points, new rule. Bye-bye. You can, you can, like, move from, like, colony to colony yeah. or some shit. And then he just bounces and goes after Go Sukuna. And Ikari's like, oh, no, I just I just told him where the fuck Sukuna was. I told him where Yuji was. I kind of blew it. That was a dumb move. Or maybe Hikari dies after saying that or something like that. I could see Hikari dying, too. But I definitely don't I want him to. But like, if there's going to be an important character that we've come to accept as part of our protagonist team that we're rooting for in the Culling games, it's like, obviously, it's Jujutsu Kaisen. Any character can die at any time. I don't really think that anybody is all that safe. But if you are going to kill an important character, I could totally see Hikari being one of them because he's not like too integral to the overarching plot. He's not too close to our main cast. He's not a Yuji. He's not a Megumi. You know, he's not like anyone immediately necessary for later long game storytelling so i could definitely see you know hikari being the one protagonist that does kind of fail and lose like in a terrible way because like other than that like our protagonists have been cooking yeah, in this arc you know what i'm saying like yuji won his fight essentially effectively you know what i mean megumi definitely won his fight yuta definitely won his fight so it's like where yeah. does the dread come from Where's the tragedy come from? I can see Hikari can, being that character. I can see it. And also, like, I don't really want it to happen, not right now at least, but yeah. like while while they were talking with Tengen, Yuta and Maki and Yuji and Choso and Yuki, uh, they were like talking about their battle plan, what they would do. And Maki actually did say that after she went and got her weapons, she had plans to meet join the culling games and meet back up with panda so she might pop up here i don't oh, want it to really shit. happen but maki might pop up here once maki touches down and we start focusing on maki in the <laughs> culling games that's going to be my favorite area of the yeah. arc that we've been at yet i swear to god i'm maki is my culling games player and i cannot and, wait until she in, in, uh, enters the the arc yeah and I think Maki was the one um, when when they were talking about like she asked Yuta if they were gonna go find Kenji uh, Hikari and he was like yeah Yuji's like who's that and he's like it's another like third year or whatever when he gets going he's stronger than me and Maki was like no he's not like she she was like you know don't don't oversell him like yeah but but the dude's tough yeah but like I think Maki Maki might show up and maybe Hikari dies like as it's happening maybe maybe she gets there and witnesses Hikari and Panda die oh, and then fuck. she just she just goes off but like and then she I wants to go like kill Kashimo but Kashimo's like I know where Sukuna is at. I don't need to be here no more your <laughs> friends are dead I just made a new rule I'm going to Tokyo Colony 1 See you know? <laughs> maybe not tell her that but like just like instantly leave like as Maki yeah. pulls up to the murder scene <laughs> I can I can just see like a chapter ending with like the double page or whatever like the the cliffhanger being uh, Kashimo going Kogane I want to create a new rule like mid fight and it just ends there you're like what the fuck is the rule gonna hey. be and it's like it's like in the middle of a fight like what yeah. what do you mean make a new rule yes I could totally see a cliffhanger like that too oh my god that'd be fucking sick if it happened like that <laughs> yeah good shit man um you guys got anything else for Jujutsu this week. I think we had a pretty good conversation, man. We covered pretty much everything that happened in the chapter and threw some pretty cool theories out. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I think I'm, I'm about about spent. All right, Axel, you good? Yes. All right, that'll <laughs> do it for Jujutsu One Eighty Five. All right, moving into the final chapter of the episode, no One Piece. So we are finishing up with My Hero Academia, Chapter Three Hundred and Fifty Three, Endeavor. 
love this cover i always love whenever kohei gives us these you know western comic book aesthetic covers always gonna slap it even comes with the barcode love it yeah, yeah. we've been getting the evolution of shoto with these particular uh covers focusing on him too mm. so it's been nice um yeah and it's also really cool to see how the colors of the flames on his body works like how it's that yeah. light orange as well as the light blue because he's yeah. cycling through both yeah. so yeah. yeah that is a cool visual i didn't actually think about that yeah yeah because i mean like before it was just in like you know grayscale Again, yeah, it was, you know, you, you don't know, know what color just assume it is. it's red. Yeah, yeah, I definitely mm -hmm. just assumed it was some kind of like, or red. or even just the light blue, since yeah. like he has such a focus on the ice part. But like, right. it, it makes sense too why there was kind of like that confusion a bit, like with his friends. Yeah, like oh, like it's not hot, like despite yeah. the fact that like it's alternating between those two colors. So, yeah. um. But yeah, that was a really cool color page followed by a chapter that's literally a what is everyone doing chapter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's cool because it's like we come out of the fight and everybody's kind of like rallying around, you know, the um, moment of, you know, Shoto beating Dobby. So they're all like, you know, new, new vigor. You know what I'm saying? New energy. Let's let's make the most of this. Our boy just won over here. Let's fucking mm -hmm. keep that momentum everywhere else. So, like, that's cool to get that. But, yes, this is absolutely a uh, what's the gang been doing in the meantime kind of chapter. Yeah. It felt like uh, that scene in One Piece recently we got where uh, everyone's like, Luffy's been defeated. They're, like, shouting it throughout the entire, like, island. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, my God, really? Uh -huh. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. yeah, like everyone. Back and, then, and forth. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, nope, Luffy's good. And everyone's hype again. Yeah. So, like, it's this. Yeah. Reminds me of that. But it's cool to get, you know, like a bird's eye visual of like, you know, what's going on everywhere else. Because these these chapters have been, you know, very focused on specific locations. You know what I mean? So to get like kind of like an elevated, you know, view of like all of the other locations in the conflict is really cool to get in between, you know, those hyper-focused bouts that we've kind of had in these chapters. Like the first couple of chapters, you know, were kind of spread out from perspective to perspective. But, um... But this one is just like, okay, we spent like three chapters in a row on Shoto versus Dobby. Now let's kind of reset and remind everyone where everyone is on the on the battlefield before we go into yet another, you know, focused conflict. So I, I appreciate it um, for what it's doing. But it, it was cool to see, um, it's kind of like jumping forward a little bit, but you get to page 12 and you see Big Spinner. <laughs> Did we see him like off the drugs before this? Like, I know that this is like, you know... No. The mutant growth uh, hormone or whatever. But. That's I I was that's what I've been trying to look at like uh like the for the past minute or two here. I was just like going back to like when the villains showed up and like I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Um so like this I think this is the first time that we are seeing yeah. uh jacked spinner. Yeah. Um because I remember, and, I remember, like, before the conflict started, it showed Spinner, and, like, I think it was Skeptic pulled up to him and was like, you could be the face of the Morlocks, you know, or the Heteromorphs, or whatever, whatever <laughs> the, the name for it is in this series. Like, you could be that guy. You could be that man for them. Take these drugs, or whatever. And he, like, offered the mutant growth hormone to him the last time that we which, saw Spinner. Yeah, I mean, that is the question. Like, is that what it is? Is it that, like, All for One gave him, like, a quirk to go with it? like as oh. a combination kind of thing oh sure like sure. It, it could definitely be either or i i think it is 
more so leaning into the the drug yeah. side of things because it has like that was an aspect of the series at one point yeah um with like uh the the um overhaul the overhaul arc mm-hmm. yep thank you um like that was like the flip side of the like the quirk nullification side of things there was also the quirk amplification side of things it's also a big part of vigilantes is like the drug that like enhances a quirk and kind of monsterifies people so Mm. i'm very interested to see like eventually once once we actually get into like the spinner specific focus like seeing what led up to that yeah um but like it is definitely interesting to see it because honestly speaking up to this point he was the one person that did not have that step up because his quirk was on the basic side of things his right. quirk was gecko. like yeah. there, there wasn't anything more to it compared yeah. to everyone else where like these wildly high damage parade. outputs in their quirk yeah right you got sad man's parade you got toga who can copy the quirks of like specific people you got dobby whose firepower exceeds that of like endeavor like yeah. and then like you have quirks with so much damage yeah you have quirks with so much so much damage output or quirks with like really high utility levels like twice or like toga and then you just have spinner and it's like i can stick to walls yeah i'm a lizard with a knife yeah Yeah. (laughs) lots of knives lots of knives got the knives knife i I really do want horikoshi to do right by spinner because i feel like nobody else really like i feel like the like the anime is disrespected spinner like the fans i mean some i mean people people fuck with spinner kind of but i feel like spinner has not gotten the the screen time that he deserves he's i I like spinner yo and he's he shows a lot of character and he cares about like his 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 homeboys. He's he's like the bro. He's he cares about Dobby, yeah. he cares about Shigaraki. He he cared about Stain's teachings, which we're where's Stain? Uh, actually yeah. now that I talk about it, like where'd Stain go show back up? But right. yeah, but, um, but, but Spinner's like the glue. Yeah, like everybody yeah, else inside Spinner. of the league, you know, like has their reasons for liking one or a couple other characters, like Toga and Twice, obviously. Um, you know, uh, Shigaraki, you know, is just the head that everyone kind of like works under because they realize his potential and know that he's the man for the job. But like, otherwise you get like all of these, you know, kind of scattered opinions of everybody else in the league that lets you know that they're doing things for their own reason and pretty much fuck everybody else, even though they're all on the same team. But Spinner is the one that's like, I see the good in everybody involved here. Like Toga might not give a fuck about Shigaraki. She's only here for twice and twice, you know, whatever, whatever. But she, but Spinner is like, I'm here for everybody. I want the team together. I want us to be happy. I see the good qualities in everyone. And I just kind of want it to work out. So you have to root for a character like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want I want good things for Spinner. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. But, um, it was yeah. interesting to see that being said, the other various villains that were showing up. Yeah, um, Kuniyeda's character not... design is insane. Yeah. But before he showed up, um, it looked like the slime villain from the first two chapters. Yeah, showed up. Yeah, like yeah, he was, he was fighting Mina's group. Um, yep. so I was just like, oh. There he is. Yep, there he I'm is. Wondering about that bastard. Yeah, and here he is apparently. And then this yeah. like <laughs> fucking spiky-haired taskmaster, uh, you know, lick a tongue character or whatever. Where's that on page seven? 
I don't know how else to say it. Obviously, that's not his tongue, but like just like this panel oh. is very like I don't know. Like this design says Q Hayashida to me. It feels very Doro. Yeah, yeah. Gas mask. Yeah, yeah I think it's a yeah, gas, gas mask. mask yeah. Whatever you know what I mean. He's got like a tube from his mouth to like a, a some kind of pack on his on his design or whatever. But just aesthetically, it was just like I, I instantly thought of Taskmaster from Marvel Comics. Then he has like spiky hair in the back. I was like, okay, so and then he has like this giant <laughs> fucking like tube coming out of the mouth underneath the teeth so i just like saw like lick tongue taskmaster shonen hero <laughs> aesthetic in this dude's design just like so many things to look at in such very a small Dora, panel. Dora. yeah but yeah very q hayashida but then like kunieda bro like looks like something out of fucking like i feel like i'm looking at a brim hat <laughs> in which yeah. atelier like dead ass yeah. like this character yeah. design with the he fucking hair and the tassels. makes me think of like the the scarecrow from like the Wizard of Oz, oh, <laughs> like that go. might be like a weird uh, comparison, but and then you look at like what his quirk potentially is, and it looks yeah. like he's controlling like plants, plants. or something. Degree, and he's yeah. killed a bunch of people or and or injured them at this point. Yeah. But how many people were speared yeah. uh, by these freaking plants? I didn't, yeah. I didn't notice that until right now. I'm looking now, and they're like people like late like black shit going through their body they've been impaled i just noticed I, I, on a uh, page 10 like I, I was gonna make a comment about like fat oh. gum having the flowers coming out of his body but like yeah. if you zoom in yeah ax was right these dudes have been impaled i didn't there even know people that are impaled i, I saw them like that right away wow yeah. that's like that pushing the limits of pg-13 like type yeah. shit or whatever it's like we can't show like the zoomed in kentaro miura panel of these people fucking skewered by these these but like, they're back there they're back there in the, in, in the anime remember there are no stakes because none of them are main characters hey. Bro, in, in the anime those guys are all either gonna be like not there or just laying on the ground with yeah. nothing going through their body. this is gonna be like out cold yeah yeah that's just sucks to to think about but going back to the character <laughs> design of kunieda i just noticed that like around his waist is like the top of a like two piece like three piece suit or some shit you yeah know what, I mean? like, what I, the yeah fuck? yeah i was like this is like some best genus like wardrobe like type Bro. shit that we're seeing here but also like very evil raggedy Ama, like yeah like it feels very um witch hat atelier but also very best genus and like i like how the hair like dreads or whatever like i don't even know if this is hair i think i think that's like a like a, a shawl or whatever yeah, you it call could it. just like... be a part of like more clothes or whatever but like it looks like hair and i just thought that that was like cool synergy with the tassels coming from like you know the shoulders and the chest area like that's just like really cool like aesthetically this design is bananas but like i can't get over the fact it's... that he's got like a tie and collar it's... and blazer jacket around it... his waist and shit it is cool for a villain, but this guy's outfit is a disaster. Yeah, like, like holy this fuck. is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't wait. Like, I wish that we could just get like full body rendered panels, like you get in like One Piece, where you get like the superimposed character design over yeah. the the rest of the fucking page. You know what I mean? Like, wish I could just see this motherfucker standing straight up, because <laughs> this fucking collar situation is just like wild, but. He probably he probably does the thing where like well he probably doesn't need to but I was just imagining you know like a cartoons or like it shows where like there's like two kids standing on each other's shoulders and they wear a trench coat and try to go <laughs> yeah, like trying to get into the around. movies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what he reminds me of you know he's got like a suit on the lower body like some little like, rascal to, shit yeah. yeah he's trying to buy like cigarettes and they're like are you an adult 
Yes, I am. <laughs> no, I'm actually three people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really wondering where the next like focus will be because we've seen now like three different battle battlegrounds in this mm -hmm. chapter. Yeah. We got we got Jakku Hospital and I mean, if they didn't go into All for One versus Endeavor after this, it would feel like just a waste of a setup yeah. from how that the how the chapter ended, especially yeah. especially given the fact that they named the chapter Endeavor yeah. too, True. when like it, it, like he was at the just the tail end yeah. of the chapter, like yeah. it's just like oh man, leading up to Endeavor and like. Endeavor we need versus, to see. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say we need to see where his head is at in this next chapter. We need right. to see like what he is thinking, what he is feeling, yeah. Like from hearing this news and how that like goes into his fight with, um, all for one. Um, yeah, we might not and, get the same focus on Endeavor versus All for One as we did for like Shoto versus Dobby, though, because it's like this is like okay, Endeavor versus All for One and Deku versus Shigaraki are like the two biggest conflicts on the board right now. So it makes sense right. that like we could go into the next chapter with a continuation of this cliffhanger um, page and just like continue the, the the philosophical back and forth between you know All for One and Endeavor just to get that character writing done coming out of. Um, Dobby and Shoto, but then they could just still just switch perspectives before they even actually like actually tussle. And it, we could be yeah. getting, you know, back and forth splashes of all for one versus Endeavor and Deku, you know, in his situation elsewhere, while in the meantime getting hyper focused, you know, personal bouts between some of the smaller characters. You know what I plus, mean? So plus characters could change locations, like how Deku's like currently heading to them right now. Like Shigaraki could eventually wash everyone in that like floating fortress and then go down to where endeavor is yeah. but like <clears throat> i'm just wondering like where do we go next because i feel like I feel, I feel like we will spend a chapter or two with endeavor and all for one and they're back and forth they're talking and probably fighting for a little bit but we won't like see the conclusion of that until right. near the end i feel like right. i feel like the endeavor all for one or i feel like all for one's defeats if if he's defeated you know in this arc well i mean it's the end yeah if he's the if he's defeated you know when he's here, defeated <laughs> yeah when he's defeated i feel like it will be one of the last two so it'll be either him being defeated is the end or shigaraki being defeated is the end or maybe them defeated together yeah. but i feel like it'll be saved for like, the end while we're getting the yeah. rest of the smaller scale fights focused on yeah. entirely and then we just switch perspectives periodically back <clears> and forth between all for one and endeavor and shigaraki and deku periodically but i feel like I feel like one the thing that has to happen right before we get into Endeavor, uh, right before we get into All for One or Shigaraki is this first perspective change that we get to, where Mina and Red Riot are at. Yeah. They're at Gigantomachia's containment zone, and I feel like Gigantomachia at some point is gonna rush to their aid. Yeah. But wow. since this is now Mina and Red Riot's third time encountering Gigantomachia, I think this is where we find out Gigantomachia is the fucking hero yeah. that... Oh! <laughs> yeah, uh, Crimson Riot? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right! I think we're finally about to get that, yeah. Because this is their third time, all three of them meeting uh, Brave or, yeah, Crimson, I don't remember what his, like, name was. I think it but was the Crimson fucking, Riot, yeah. The fucking buff triangle head motherfucker that 
that Ajiro, that inspired, I think is his name. Yeah, that inspired, yeah. Um, yeah. They both have run into Gigantomachia twice now. Once when he was looking for, he was trying to find the like hero office and then they fought him again in the last arc where they put him to sleep. And now they're in front of his containment zone again. I think they're about to finally get that information that this is the guy that you've been looking up to. Yeah, He's right here and yeah. he is... He is all about all for one, and he's going to rush across we, the battlefield again. I remember the first time we brought up that idea or that theory. I can't remember who said it. It was either me. I think or, it was you. It was either me or Eagle. I remember someone brought that up in review years ago, and I just remember the reaction that Keiko had in the episode. He's <laughs> it's like, "It's the Dude. first time I've heard this." Yeah, so he was, yeah. Oh yeah. Still. Oh yeah. A while ago, because yeah, he looks, he looks kind of like him. Yeah. Yeah, like a while ago, like there was, I can't remember, like what made it make sense at the time, but like we had this conversation where like someone had just like outright said because we were talking about Gigantomachia and Mina and um Red Riot. I can't. Why can't I remember dude's like Japanese name? Ijiro, uh, I think it is. E I J. Yeah, but what's his like? family name i feel like he goes by his family name kirishima kirishima Kirishima, yeah yeah yeah, kirishima and um mina Mina. yeah like we were getting like chapters like centered around them and i can't remember but like eventually it came to a point in the conversation where someone said dude what if gigantomachia is like crimson riot like gnomified or whatever and i just remembered kiko like dude why did you just fucking say that to me like his reaction was so good i'm gonna go back and like try to find that and watch that yeah crimson riot that's his name yep yeah crimson yeah and i feel like these three characters have been they have been shown together multiple times for a reason their their fates are intertwined like horikoshi has something planned for mina uh red riot and gigantomachia and He's That's been setting be up exactly what you're talking yeah. about, like for a while. You know what I mean? There's gotta be. You don't go out of your way to, you know, leave breadcrumbs like that. Like the the scene where it's like a flashback of like Kirishima and Mina before they're in UA and they ran into this giant trench coated villainous motherfucker that was like trying to do all of this evil stuff. And Mina yeah. like jumped in front to like try to stop him, and Kirishima didn't have the heart to go help her at the time, and that was a major part of his character arc. So that could have been you know, early prototype stages of Gigantomachia back then when they were into that trench-coated villain and Kirishima yeah. couldn't help Mina. That could be, you know, Gigantomachia in an early stage back then. That's what well, yeah, you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah, was him. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. already yeah. confirmed that. that oh, was they did him. confirm that. Okay. Yeah, he so, had the yeah. radio on and everything. He just was, you're like, right, smaller. Right. Yeah, so we had that scene. Then, obviously, you know, they came together and teamwork to defeat him in the Paranormal Liberation Front War, but that plot thread was obviously still dangling because he was only apprehended. And now that we know that we're going into this final conflict and they're going out of their way to show the prison that Gigantomachia is in with Kirishima and Mina at the scene. So I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, so I, I that, think it will conclude in that way. That along with the is, fact that nobody's seen Crimson? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. That's all I want to say. It is the redemption for Midnight, too. Mm, because we yeah. see her brought up in this chapter and just like... Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna do when like your teacher you know ended up dying and blah right. blah blah and it's just like what you say i'm gonna kick your ass yeah. <laughs> yeah plus plus crimson crimson was known as the chivalrous hero so like i could see it being a thing like the crimson from back in the day would have never wanted things to turn out this way he would have never yeah. hurt you know midnight and shit like that because he was yeah. the chivalry hero yep love it yeah. I think that that's definitely the next like super focused like conflict that we'll see. I feel like we need that right away. 
So I feel like that makes a lot of sense, especially if Kohei is kind of establishing it as in an order of perspectives that we montaged in this chapter, that's yeah. going to be the order of, you know, focused on conflicts moving forward. Because then, yeah, we have Mina and Red Riot and whatnot at Giganta <clears throat> Maki's shit. Then we switch perspectives to Fat Gum and Aoyama with Kuneda. And then, obviously, Spinner and, and Shoji. And Shoji. Yep, and then... I don't give a fuck about Shoji. Yeah, and then obviously Endeavor. And, I do, uh, but, like, yeah. I wish there had just been done... There, there were... I wish there was more done with him. Yeah, same. It's just one of those things where it's, like, he's one of, like, the small handful of students from Class 1A that just never really got his shot. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunate, because I, I, I did like his design. Even Saro um, got more than fucking Shoji got. And it's just, like, Sarah, come yeah. on, elbow yeah. tape, nigga. Like, come on, man. Give it to Shoji. Cellophane. Give it to my heteromorph, guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, he probably will get some sort of, like, heart-to-heart heteromorph, like, Well, shit, he's fucking squaring moment. up with fucking, like, you know, spinning yeah. off the drugs and shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's exactly. obviously where that, like, heteromorphic philosophy back, back and forth is going yeah. to happen from like light side to dark side inside of Spinner and Shoji, which is a great matchup to have because Spinner's going to be given all of his reasoning for doing everything, and Shoji's going to be like, "Dude, I received the yeah, exact same fucking upbringing. <laughs> like, I got, I got the vitriol. I got yeah, the fucking. Like... I got roasted on the bus every fucking day. You, th- you think like, I get bitches? Look yeah, at me. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, I, I became a hero. You became a fucking villain, and it's always just going back around to you know Alan Moore, killing joke." All it takes is one bad day. Like, that is literally mm-hmm. the difference, like, in a lot of these situations where, specifically, like, focusing on Shoji and 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 um, and um Spinner, for the example. It's like, we both experienced similar upbringings being heteromorphic quirk users. One turned into a hero, one turned into a villain. What's the difference there? One bad day. <coughs> like a recurring yeah. theme in, like, throughout all of this. And it's, it's a great theme to, like, wrap your, you know eastern you know comic book story that's heavily taking inspiration from western comic book storytelling like that's a great theme to pull from the west and write a whole you know homage story around you know what i mean so i'm def- i'm definitely here for it um but I, mm-hmm. I, I now that now that we're talking about it i feel like that's the perspective i want next <laughs> to focus on right. is is spinner and shoji because it's like we've been talking yeah. about like the culmination of that you know the narrative buildup around that theme for a long time in these reviews and if kiko was here i feel like he'd agree too because it's like that's what another one like with me that he was waiting on the most it's like i can't wait until this spinner quirk racism you know what i mean fucking morlock situation kind of like comes to a head and gets focused on hello so yeah that's what i want next but i agree yeah i don't know See, i just lost something Oh, you got something else? I was I was just about to say I don't think I had too much more for Hero this week. It's pretty straightforward, you know what I mean? Like it was like a "What's the gang doing now?" kind of chapter, and we kind of yeah. like focused on every kind of situation that we got. In I think the chapter, I just so. just had like one or two more things. Did you, yeah, you got? have anything else you want to oh, say, yeah, Axel? Axel? What you got? No, I'm kind of burnt out as it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like Hola. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was what? trying to wrap up what I yeah, was going to say. One in the morning. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's two here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the East Coast. Yeah, so, yeah. so this uh this thing I just this is really like the the last big thing I wanted to say. But like this part on uh, page eleven where Kunida is talking to Ayama. Did you guys look up what this uh he, this Aesop 
the bat of Aesop. I don't know. Oh, how to pronounce no, it. I did see that. And I was like, hold on. When did this motherfucker get like an epithet or like a moniker? Like, I don't remember Aoyama, like having anything he, he like says, this tied to his name. Yeah. And he's talking about how like the traitors and the people who stand on the sidelines, you know, eventually like because Aoyama betrayed all for one and Aoyama and his family have been kind of playing the fence both sides. And he's like, people who do that shit, you know, we don't make exceptions. All for one takes care of those people. And, and he's like, you know, you, you leave us people, the dregs, you know, in the, in the dirt. He said, the dregs that I mentioned, we're all coming after you unceasingly. Yuga Aoyama, the bat of Aesop. And I, I looked that up. I could be saying the word wrong. And also what I'm pulling from could be way off base, but I typed in the bat of Aesop and it brought up something. It says the Aesop for children, the birds, the beasts, and the bat. The birds and the beasts declared war against each other. No compromise was possible, and so they went at it tooth and claw. It said the quarrel grew out of persecution. The race of geese suffered at the teeth of the fox family. The beasts, too, had cause for fight. The eagle was constantly pouncing on the hare, and the owl dying daily on mice. It was a terrible battle. This ain't too much longer. It was a terrible battle. Many hare and many mouse died. Chickens and geese fell by the score and the victor always stopped for a feast. Now the bat family had not openly joined either side. They were a very politic race. So mm. when they saw the birds getting the better of it, the, they were birds for all there was in it. But when the tide of battle turned, they immediately side with the bat, with the beasts. When the battle was over, the conduct of the bats was discussed at the peace conference. Such deceit was unpardonable, and birds and beasts made common cause to drive out the bats. And since then, the bat family hides in dark towers and deserted ruins, flying only at night. So, wow. Ayama and his family are in the middle. Yo. They were on the bad guy's side. Yeah. They they have no no place, but I think in this story, since it's a hero story and you know it's kids and stuff, Ayama will break. You know he it won't go the way this guy's saying. Ayama will eventually you know end up being forgiven and on the the side of good with the kids. The yeah. bats will have chosen a side. Wow, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Hot damn! I'm so glad you looked that up because that's fucking sick, bro. That's that yeah, I was fucking, like, what the fuck is this word? That's that, that <laughs> dude. Horikoshi always weaves that like poetic, those poetic references into the dialogue when it's like peak philosophy exchange. Like you always hear yeah. shit like that. Yeah, beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, you guys. That was that was cool. Hell yeah! Did you guys have anything else for mm -hmm. Hero this week? Not that I can think of, other yeah. than just the horikoshi ending off with creepy all for one hand doing yeah. creepy things it's just like we get it you can draw hands yeah it looks like Have all it. the elements you know what i mean like the middle finger yeah. looks like wind the the ring finger is obviously like fire the pinky finger is clearly like earth the thumb looks to be like water but then the index finger is like completely demon alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i wonder like what's good with that that's just like a really cool image only other thing I had was just the Dobby page where he's got like the light in his chest, and I'm like, what is that? Could he be saving for one last boom when he? Oh you know, shit, yo! Is it just it's his a last fucking final atonement explosion, yeah. like Boo versus Vegeta? Yeah, he waits till like a lot of people they got him in shackles, and everybody's like cooling down to just go fuck it, blow everything up. Yo, yeah, so I I would say what more round of revenge rather than a hero moment? Yeah. Yeah. I oh mean, no. Like, yeah. I was saying. He, yeah. Like he does not need to be redeemed. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I yeah. No. For sure. I was saying. Yeah. Last fuck you to everyone. 
Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You know, his dad comes over that. and is like, my boy. And then he's like, surprise, bitch. <laughs> no. <He's so> <laughs> Not the Voltorb. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had. Hell yeah, you guys. Well, mm -hmm. I think that'll do it for My Hero Academia this week. And I think that'll do it for this conversation that we've had. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, let us know if you enjoyed the discussion down in the comment section. Axel and Gato, thanks for joining me, you guys. It's always a blast whenever you guys can can pull up and discuss Weekly Shonen Jump with us. So I'm glad that you guys were able to make it. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank you, um, thank you. yeah, I'll roll the red carpet out for you guys. Let the audience know what you got going on, Axel. Where can people find you and what's coming up in the world of Axel? Yes, so you can find me on Twitter at AxelAblaze underscore P-A-C standing for productions and cosplay and uh, I'm very envious of Mello for going to ASEN because I would have gone to ASEN too and cosplayed but yeah. I am in the process of moving right now so mm -hmm. that's also kind of been why I haven't been around on my right. own channel right, on right YouTube, now. Axel Blaze Productions. There is stuff coming. I promise, I, I once I am moved, once I am in the right space, I will be back to making content, back to making content about new manga, Shonen Jump, uh, misconceptions people have about Shonen Jump, the whole Super Eyepatch Wolf thing, like a bunch of stuff. I, I, they've got a lot of stuff I need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and I have a new podcast plan, maybe in the works. Okay. So we'll see okay. how that works. Hey, holla at you, um, Let me know, man. I, I <laughs> would, and I might. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to be covering a lot of things if oh, I sure. do, and that means a lot of reading. Yeah. So... Well, hit, me, hit me up for a super-focused episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I post on Twitter enough so i'm i'm still around i'm still here i promise yeah. more stuff is coming um and i'm i'm i've been here over my break anyway so i mean like yeah. you know if you're here you've still been getting axel content so there it's a win-win right Ooh. bingo bango love that um yato let the streets know <laughs> what's going on with you man for me, much much less to say than Axel. You know, it's pretty <laughs> simple. For me, I don't I don't have a YouTube or anything. I thought about making one recently. I might make it. I don't know. Just you know, doing doing some thoughts, firing off some some thoughts and shit. But uh, pretty simple for me. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, Yato plays Y A T O P L A Y Z. Also, that's my Twitch. If you want to watch, I haven't been streaming lately, but you know, I'm gonna get back to it soon. Uh, that's what everybody says, but I'm gonna get back to it for real. <laughs> but um, mostly, mostly active on uh, active on Twitter as you know, just I share new manga chapters and stuff when they come out. I, I ain't gonna say I do too much. I just, I, I just like to, to get the information out to people and let people see you know new stuff when it comes out and oh, yeah. uh, and then retweets it and gets the credit for it. <laughs> no, yeah, that that does happen sometimes. I did apparently somebody tagged me. The other day, mm -hmm. telling me in Discord that it was like, "Yo, you you're on a Forever episode." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, oh, uh, "Let yeah. me go look." And I looked, and I'm, I'm watching the episode. It's like 37 minutes in. It's like a video he posted like like seven days ago, yeah. and it's a tweet. He shared a tweet of of mine where it's me just talking about Stage S, which is a new manga and Jump Plus. And he yeah. was like, "If you guys, you know, what a if, if let me know if you guys find some new stuff. It's cool." And then he he posted my my tweet, and he yeah. was like, "This one looks cool." I want to thank my boy Knox for retweeting it and putting it on my timeline. 
<laughs> and I was like, it's still cool. I don't care because I would do it for the glory. Well, I'm happy to be that guy for you. I do. I do it for the glory. I take all credit when I put people on the shit that I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, he's reading something. It's cool. I, you know, I, deep down, I know I, I mentioned it, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. That's it for me. Hell yeah, man. Well, thanks for being the, the new manga chapter guy. I'll be happy to retweet those whenever so that more people can see them. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I'll make sure that I get Axel and Yato's Twitch and YouTube and Twitter links down in the description for you guys. While you're down there, check out our links. You can follow us on Twitter. Join our ever-growing Discord community. Uh, listen to the Project Manga podcast wherever you normally listen to your podcasts. And of course, you can check out our Patreon if you'd like to go the extra mile and support what we do directly. We got a bunch of different kinds of content in there, ranging from early access to all of our content, all the way up to additional manga reviews. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Knox. I'm Axel. And I'm Yato. We'll catch y'all next time. Thank you.